This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. everyone, and welcome to episode number 49 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John, and if you're wondering why Mike sounds so somber and, and subdued tonight, I am too. <laughs> why is I that, thought, Mike? Why, why do you I thought so I'd just try uh, something a little different for the opening. Ah. Maybe I've been jumping people with my excited, hello everyone and welcome, but maybe I haven't. I, I don't know. Yeah, it sounded like we were going for the, know. you know, tonight on Midnight Cube. Uh, no no so anyhow um yeah stuff and things episode 49 we are slowly ever so slowly creeping towards the one year mark i feel like if we were to go back go back in time yep and look to see when the first episode was posted i feel like the one year mark will actually be earlier than we think because i think we missed a week oh do you now and well, you were sick one week, and either we posted oh, late yeah. or we missed a week. And then when I was on vacation over the summer, I uh, I didn't have internet access. So I think we missed a week that or, – or maybe we recorded late and early to make sure we still we still did that. I'm going back here. Episode one. Oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't say when, when – March 20th, 2016. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're coming up. We're about a month away. So we are. Yeah, we're we're going to be lining up for that fifty <sighs> episode fifty two. You know what we need to do for that? I don't know what clip show. We'll we'll just splice in conversations <laughs> from our other podcasts, and we'll just like we'll put up like two minutes worth of original stuff where we're just like, hey Mike, remember when we did this one back in June? And then we'll just splice in a clip. The laziest form of television making out yep. there. Then there was that time that you talked about, <laughs> and who could forget this tale of woe about blank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fun. That would be time-consuming, but fun. We'd need to hire an assistant to do all the splicing for us. Yeah, we'd have to get the unpaid intern to do that. Yes. You know what I did wish we had to talk about this week? I wish we had new Doctor Who to talk about. I get that. It's going to be two months on that. It's April 15th. Because I I just caught up on Doctor Who, and and I kind of – I binged it so quickly that I uh, (sighs) – Yeah, it's too soon. Now I don't have to watch anymore. I know that there are several naughty parallels that I could draw there about you know. I was setting you up. (laughs) There's a few in there for you. (laughs) (laughs) There's a few giggities in there for sure. (laughs) You know, you got too excited and you rushed right through it, and foreplay wasn't even there, and boom. But uh, just uh, yeah. (laughs) So so now we can. we we could hey, say well, you know, it's it's good that you caught up. I'm really excited that you caught up because, you know, it, it's it's a great show. I was a little bit worried when you said that you weren't going to be watching it. 
You know, when you basically wrote it off because of Capaldi? What happened was, is like, all right, so that first season with Peter Capaldi, I still don't really like that series, that season. And I watched the first two episodes of the second series that he was in as the Doctor. And I really didn't like those first two episodes. And it's like, I remember when it started that way, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then it's been so long since I watched it. I didn't realize, like, they finished that series. They did the Christmas episode. They went a full year, did a Christmas episode, and they haven't had another series yet. So I didn't realize I wasn't that far behind. I thought it was, like, two seasons plus behind. And then when I looked into it and I saw that I really wasn't, I was like, all right, well, let me just watch one because I really want to watch some Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. So I just – I didn't watch the first two episodes of the second series. You know, I just watched the third one, and I was like, wow, this was really good. And then it just got better with each passing episode after that. And now I can see why you liked it so much. I still don't like the first series in, but I really enjoyed this most recent one. I love the two Christmas episodes, especially how they tied together and watching them back to back like I did was nice. I didn't have that year long gap. Um, and I'm looking forward to what's up and coming. Well, since you mentioned that, I went back real quick and I was looking at Peter Capaldi's run as the doctor. And so in the first season, you're right. There were some episodes that were pretty, questionable at best you know we started off with deep breath which was um a really mean doctor you know this is the doctor that left clara to die at one point well that was the thing is like every the whole season to me i was just he was like working on trying to figure out like am i am i a good person am i a bad person yeah you know yep you know, into the Dalek where they went into a Dalek and he was like, they had that one famous line where they fell down the garbage chute and they were like, where's Lieutenant so-and-so? And he's like, yeah, you're waiting in him because he'd been liquefied and he was just like the goo in the puddle that they were sitting in. You know, he was a very mean doctor. We had Robot of Sherwood yeah. where he was cocky and arrogant and brash and trying to outcock Robin Hood. And it, it was it was a little jarring. Yeah. Listen is still one of my favorite episodes ever. Um, I think Listen was just amazingly done where they had him talking in the beginning and, you know, meditating outside the TARDIS. It was just, I loved Listen. But then you jump into Time Heist and it's like, nah, you know, okay, um, he, he's the mastermind. We get it. Uh, Caretaker was just weird because that was the one where, like, there was the, robot that was going to explode. It was like existing at the school that Clara was teaching at. And he was trying to hook her up with the teacher that looked like Matt Smith. Cause he's like, Oh, she has to like the version of me or something. Kill the moon was weird. You know, do we, do we blow up the moon as a living organism or do we, you know, let it live and possibly destroy things? Yeah. Uh, Mummy and the Orient Express wasn't bad. But yeah, basically looking down through, a lot of the first season of him was very rough. You know, it was it was tough to watch. Um, now, you didn't like the first two of the next season, which was The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch is Familiar. I did yep. just because I'm a Davros fan, and I liked seeing that origin story for him as a kid and what drove him to the point that he was at to create the Daleks. I, mm-hmm. I liked it for that respect. But And like we had talked about when it first came out, I had watched the uh, the Genesis of the Daleks with um, the fourth Doctor the day before. So it really set that. That was Davros's first appearance. This was his last appearance. So it really set oh. the tone for me. All right. I guess I could see the book ending it like that. Um, 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, but this is also the season when they started doing the two-parters strongly, and yes. I really liked how that worked out for them. It made every one of them feel like a mini-movie, or actually a maxi-movie, you know, because you had two hour-long episodes at a time to tell a story, so you're getting 84 minutes, 88 minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And, um, I don't I just, uh, I also, <laughs> this is just going to sound ridiculous, I understand. Bring it on. Wasn't a big fan of the Sonic sunglasses. <laughs> Nobody was. I, uh, I, and I noticed, like, when I, as I was watching it, when they finally went back to the screwdriver, I even messaged you. I was like, Sonic <laughs> screwdriver returns, yeah, finally. Yeah. And I don't know why. I just found it was ridiculous. I just, I don't know. It's just not the same. It, and that's it's the thing. It's like, the same. over the years, the doctor has always had the Sonic screwdriver. They've made fun yeah. of it. You know, when we saw the master, he had a laser screwdriver. Yep. Um, yep. John Barrowman had his own version of a sonic yep. disruptor pistol. Uh, and that's why you always bring a banana to a party. But <laughs> it was always a sonic screwdriver, and that was always the joke. You know, a screwdriver, what are you going to do, build a cabinet? You know, oh, what are you going to do, take apart a door? And so when he went so far out, like if it had been a sonic hammer, I think people would have been okay with it compared to the sonic sunglasses. Those were just... They, they were a prop that didn't need to be a prop. The, the Fez was a great prop. Um, yep. Tenant's short used, uh, 3D glasses that allowed him to see, you know, how other dimensions were affecting our dimension were a good prop for a couple episodes. This- but, but that was, that was just for a couple episodes and it served a, a purpose and you saw through his eyes. Yes. You it- never saw through Capaldi's eyes. No. When he had the sonic sunglasses on that I can think of. Nope. And and it was so iconic that even when they did that 50th episode where they had all three doctors locked in the Tower of London and they each had their own version of the sonic screwdriver and they made it a point to say, you know, this is the exact same screwdriver just with a different casing yeah, so that it could process, you know, the exact frequency over centuries. It It's always been an iconic thing. It'd yep. be like if suddenly he wasn't driving the TARDIS anymore, he was driving like a hoverboard. Exactly. So, yeah, I totally get that. I agree. Yes. It's like changing the TARDIS from a police box to something else. Yep. Right. Which they yeah. used to in the beginning. Like, it was a piano and stuff like that. But right. That was way back. But, it's, but since it's relaunched in 2005, it's always been the police box. Now, normally I would leave news stuff for the end, but I will pop up one of my news things real quick since we're talking about this, and that's uh, they did an interview with the uh, one of the executive producers of Doctor Who, one of the big wigs at BBC, so not yep. not the showrunner or anything, and they were asking about the upcoming show and the reboot. Well, it's not really a reboot, but it's going to be a new showrunner and a new Doctor, and uh, they kept pressing, you know, can you tell us, can you tell us who's going to be the new Doctor? And they were like, no, we, we're going to treat it seriously, and we're going to go through the process, and but they uh, the woman that they were talking to said, well, I will say this, David Tennant wants it to be Olivia Coleman. And Olivia Coleman, you may know, she was um, uh, the main detective lady next to David Tennant in Broadchurch, the BBC version. And I was just looking her up real quick, and she also appeared in an episode of Doctor Who. Yep. Um, as the character is just called the mother, so I'm assuming it wasn't it was a bit part or secondary character, like a background character or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was in Matt Smith's first episode where he meets uh, Amy Pond. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It was in the eleventh hour. 
And they do have a history of, you know, bringing people back to the show after they've had one-offs. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what her role was. I mean, her literally role is mother. And then there was two kids named child one, child two. So I don't know, like, precisely what, uh, or where she came into play in the episode. But, hmm. um, I'm trying to remember that episode. That was where the, uh, there was the escaped prisoner, you know, prisoner zero has escaped. And there's yep. the big eye of the Atraxi in the sky, and that's when Smith made his first proclamation as the doctor that this planet is protected. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. And it's the first time he met Amy Pond. Yes. Yes, and technically the first time he met Rory, although Rory was just more of a nurse working there. Than Correct. Anything. Yep. Uh, so, either way, whoever's going to be the next doctor has some big shoes to fill, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do and, with it. And while we're talking about David Tennant real yeah. quick, did you see that clip that your sister shared? I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, with his, uh, the, he had that he was nominated for like, I don't know if it was a Lifetime Achievement Awards, but it was some special award, but they didn't tell him. They just announced that they're going to present it, and then they played the video, and then he's watching it, and they actually had a camera on him, and then the video comes on, and he realizes, like, oh, shit, that's about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. That was a great – because usually the people know way in advance. Like there's no surprise. Right. When they do those type of things, they know. But I I loved how they didn't tell him. And then like they kept going to that guy and he'd get broken up or he'd get emotional. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it was his dad until at the end when he said like, you know, of course, I, you know, I I favor him. I'm his father. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool video. It was. That guy's just a cool little thing. Yeah, he is. David Tennant's the man. So, all right. I have to ask. Yeah. Since we've been talking about all this stuff with, uh, you know, David Tennant and Doctor Who and stuff. Yeah. Um, what did you watch this week? Oh, well, I watched some stuff. Oh, and well, uh, as well. some other things. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I did not, uh, I did not get to a couple things. Me. Um, but, uh, and then I rewatched a couple things. Oh, yeah. I, I watched several things. I, I watched one movie. I watched a new trailer for another movie that I've already seen the trailer for, but it was new. And mm-hmm. I formed some opinions on a lot of the stuff that I watched. Oh, you, you, you formed some opinions. I did. Yes. Fascinating. Isn't it? Well, um, I guess let's start with, uh, let's start. Well, you have The Walking Dead to talk about. Yes. And the first episode. It was the first episode back. Um, the one highlight of this episode I felt was the Walker Massacre. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop that right there and then backpedal a little bit, leave you hungering for it. Uh, but basically when we last left our heroes, Daryl had snuck out of the savior's camp and he had been reunited with Rick and company and they made their way to the hilltop where, um, Maggie and, and one of the other ones, Sasha were there. And so it was like a reuniting of all the people. And it was like, Oh, what are they going to do now? They've decided to fight. So this episode was about them trying to recruit people to the cause of let's kill the saviors. Cause you know, it worked so well for them before and they've, they've really, you know, grown a lot since they were castrated and knocked down like four members and had all of their guns and RPGs and explosives taken and have almost no food and everybody's demoralized. So, you know, it's the perfect time to say, yeah, now it's time to fight back. But it, it all was... I can hear is that Adele song about rising up playing right now. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. Oh man. I'd love to put that in there, but 
I don't think that we have the rights to it. I, I think we'd probably have to pay money or something. I don't know how that works. Um, I don't think anyone would find out. <laughs> um, realistically. But anyway. Yeah, realistically, it's not like anybody in Hollywood is listening to this podcast. And if they are, you know, feel free to tweet it. Uh, it, it I could be wrong. But anyway, so they went to recruit at Hilltop, and Hilltop basically told them to bugger off. And Well, that was the leader of Hilltop. And then the people of Hilltop were like, no, we want to fight. You know, there's ten of us that want to fight. Great. So then Jesus said, hey, it's time for you to meet King Ezekiel. So he took him to meet King Ezekiel in the kingdom, and they talked to him and had a nice little allegory about a rock in the road and then decided that, you know, Daryl should stay there at the kingdom to hide out so that Negan's men can't find him. And then we got the Walker Massacre, which is they were moving down the highway, and there was a barricade of cars that the Saviors had put up. And in between two cars, they had stretched steel cable. Like, we're talking, picture a highway, and but like a big southern highway, like three lanes on each side of the road, and then a giant grass median in the middle, like, you know, three or four lanes wide. So a car on either side of the highway... Its front bumper was wrapped with uh, steel wire, kind of made a long clothesline, but on bumpers. And on that wire was various explosive devices, RPGs, dynamite, etc., with detonators. It was a trap for a herd of walkers coming that way. So, of course, we get the high-tense moments of everybody, like, carefully pulling dynamite out of its sheath and pulling detonators out, you know, trying to salvage what they can of explosives so they can use them against the saviors and the walker herds getting closer and closer. And then at one point, um, most of the team is in a vehicle down the road and Rick and Michonne are the only two left and they have to get to them. So they each get in a car and they each drive forward at matching speeds and just mow down walkers. I know it was CG, but it was so fun to watch these two cars with steel wire between them racing down the road and just cutting a swath straight through like a thousand zombies. Now, I had heard that they were going to be toning down the violence and the gore and the bloody blah blah because people were offended, especially <laughs> after Negan bashed in people's brains with his baseball bat. That yep. doesn't sound toned down at all. Well, I think they're getting away with it there because it's the undead, you know, and oh, because it was no one we care about or emotionally attached to. Exactly. And it wasn't gruesome, like having Glenn sit up and go, uh, 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 as one of his eyes is popping out of his skull. You know, this was a kill cam on the steel cable, just mowing through and guts flying everywhere because they're cutting them off the kneecap, you know, or maybe the junk if the person's a real shorty, but <laughs> <laughs> they're just, and it was really satisfying to watch. And then it was over. So the end. So was it a good episode? It was a good setup episode. It was a good right back from hiatus episode because, you know, like I said, it picked up where it left off. It wasn't one of these, okay, six months have gone by and now we're going to do this. It was a resolution to the question of are they really going to try to recruit people and will they say yes? And then okay. finding out that in each camp there are, you know, the leaders of the camps are like, no, we're not messing with the saviors. And then the people of the camps are like, we need to kill the saviors or else we're never going to be free. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode. The end. Okay. Fair enough. I, I will also ask you, I know we usually skip the uh, Sunday animation stuff, but did you happen to watch Family Guy? 
No, was it good? It was good, and in the beginning, the guys were sitting around the bar talking about random nonsensical stuff, and Peter just said, you know what? This random, inconceivable conversation that has probably happened millions of times over in millions of different places would make a great podcast. And so they started their own podcast for a while, and it was kind of funny. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, I probably should watch, but I didn't. I enjoyed that aspect of it. So I just I have a lot like between shows and then wrestling. <laughs> I feel you. For me, it's I have a lot. video games. So right, exactly. I feel you. Um, let's talk about Timeless. I want. I really want to talk about Timeless. Yeah, um, this was the second to the last episode of the season, right? Uh, well, this may be the second to the last episode of the series. Yeah. Did you hear about that? NBC is being sued by, I have it written down here, Onza Entertainment stating that NBC ripped off their show, uh, The Department of Time. It's yep. a Spanish TV show. And uh, a judge recently denied Sony and NBC's motion to end the lawsuit. And the show could be canceled because of, because the ratings are decent, but they're not tremendous. Yeah. And uh, it'd be easier for them probably just to cancel it and fight this if, if that comes to it. Which is terrible. Because I've yeah. really been enjoying this show. It's one of the, the the one is it's one of the shows my wife and I look forward to watching uh, the most together. Yeah, because we really like the show. We really like the characters, and um, yeah, this week's episode was really good. It was a great episode. Um, they got very brazen very quickly. You notice that? <laughs> they did. I was thinking the same thing. Like, they're back to the form that we saw in the first one where they're like, oh, this is how history was supposed to go? Nope. Yep. Yeah, they got very brazen very quickly when uh, Rufus darted the guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't expect. And then they immediately, did they like, oh, the virus kicked in and then they jumped back to – you know, current times, and they picked up Wyatt, and then they left unconscious guy with the eight with the uh, agent head. Yeah, and um, I thought, well, did they tie him up? What is she going to do with him? I mean, like that they that was, you know, never answered. But right. I guess it wasn't deemed to be that important. But but then they were for like they were going to go back to make sure that Lucy's mom and uh, other dad, her stepdad, who was her sister's father, finally yep. met at college so that they could fall in love and her sister would be born. But then before that, Garcia Flynn has jumped back to Al Capone's heyday. Yep. So we got to head back there. Yep. Because, you know, it's still very important to preserve time. Well, it's more important to stop Flynn from just random, randomly murdering people. Yeah. And again, what we're talking about with the more of the brazenness is, you know, Garcia Flynn went and got the uh, logbooks, the ledgers that the police had in evidence that they were going to convict Capone on tax evasion. You know, that's how they finally took Al Capone down. And he took that yes. logbook. So they didn't Capone have their evidence taken down. And then. Capone yep. arranged to have Elliot Ness killed. Who is that? And, you know, Misha Collins did not last long in this episode at no, all. No, he didn't. <laughs> like, he had yep. to get back to Supernatural to keep filming there or something. 
Yeah, I know. I was surprised how quickly they killed him off, especially just literally just after introducing him. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to see LANS and maybe he's going to like kick around with them for a little while. And oh, no, he's dead. I, I think I honestly like hit the play button at that point so that I could see where it was. And I'm like, we're only 15 minutes into this episode. They were I don't killed think it was that far, was it? I don't, I, I don't, it wasn't that it far. It was quick. Yeah. It was quick. Um, and then where they end up recruiting John, uh, John, Al Capone's brother. Yes, because which go ahead. go ahead. No, I say I looked into that, and that person was real, and he did have a job, but it wasn't in Chicago. It was in like in Iowa or something, so they couldn't have quickly gone and gotten him. <laughs> yeah, but so you know they took some some you know liberties, but still, I mean it, that that was legit. He did have a brother who changed his name, and yep, yeah. So okay, well, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say the same thing, you know, that it was a legit way to do things. You know, now Capone, instead of rotting in jail, got gunned down in a firefight with him and his brother and his lieutenant. And uh, so we didn't get a chance to see, like, how that affected history in the present. But we know that Flynn's main objective was to get a hold of the mayor of Chicago because the mayor of Chicago is part of Rittenhouse. And they wanted to know when the next meeting of Rittenhouse was going to be. Because it's only – it's like every quarter century. Yeah. So it's 1954, I think the guy said, in D.C. Yeah. So that's where the finale is going to take place. Isn't it a two-part finale too? Oh, is it? Good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is a two-part – a two-episode uh, two finale just like um, something else that's coming up right off as a two-part finale. Um, I know How to Get Away with Murder is going to be a two-part finale. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, and I was talking to Root about it the other Maybe day. The but regardless, they like to do two part finales. Yeah, I don't. I I just don't recall. Okay, I shouldn't bring things up. I can't remember it, Mike. <laughs> Excuse me. All in all, though, I've really enjoyed this show. Um, it's been a good year for new sci-fi time traveling shows. You know, between Timeless and Travelers on Netflix. Yeah, Travelers was great. I'm really looking forward to a second season of that. Yeah, me too. The OA, not so much. Have you ever watched The Expanse? I've heard a lot of great stuff about it, and I know I'm jumping around, but I've heard a lot of great stuff about it. See, I watched The Expanse when it first came out, but I remember specifically that I was distracted while watching it. Like, I was either doing something on my iPad or I was talking to somebody. Like, every episode I'd find something else to do, so I was kind of watching it in the background. So I never gave it a fair shake. And I remember being like, oh, this show sucks, I'm bored. But I wasn't really paying attention with it. So I've been recording the, I've got the first three episodes this season and I want to go back on Netflix and rewatch the first season, see if I can get through it and then watch the episodes that I've built up on. But. Uh, oh, did they put that on Netflix finally? I believe that they did. Yes. I remember reading that. Oh, so I've that, been looking for that. Like I've been waiting to see if they did. I, I'm, no, it's not. It's only available via Netflix DVD. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah, Dark Matters on there. The uh, Ascension. Have you seen Ascension? Yes, I liked I liked Ascension when it was out. I I really liked Ascension. Yes, uh, but uh, sorry. That's Have you watched Spectral yet? No. You should put that on your queue. Okay. Anyways, yeah, no, The Expanse is. I've been keeping an eye on that because I do want to check that out. I like space stuff. Yeah, but it kind of sucks now. Like, wh what am I supposed to do? Like. How am I supposed to watch the first season? To right. Catch up. Buy it. Amazon it. 
Yeah, because if you know. go on Sci-Fi's website, it's like, oh, you can watch clips of the first season. Yeah, that's not sufficient. I really thought that it was on. No, it's not. Netflix. Huh. Well, that's poopy. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to rethink my my plan here. I don't know if I really want to leave those on my DVR building up like that if I'm not going to be able to. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm looking at Timeless, and it does show tomorrow is uh, – it doesn't say if it's a double-length episode. It just says episode 16, The Red Scare. And um, this is – I do find this mm, interesting. Joseph McCarthy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do find this interesting. Back on November 1st, they ordered three additional episodes, increasing the season order to 16. Yes. So initially, the first episode was – the first season was supposed to end with Karma Chameleon, which is where uh, Wyatt and Rufus go back to uh, – to try to stop his uh, wife from dying, his wife his from wife being killed. Killers, yeah. So they go back to 1983. <laughs> yeah, which to us, as we talked about, and my wife agreed, that was the worst episode this season. Yeah, that would have been. And that was to supposed to be the original finale, apparently. I, that sucks. <laughs> well, because it does kind of. If you think about it, it ends kind of like on a season finale. He comes yeah. back. Lucy's confronted Cahill about Rittenhouse, and he's yep. like, oh, I have so much to tell you, and I'm sorry, Wyatt, she's still dead, but the other two, I mean, it, it, it's a cliffhanger, if you think about it, in that respect. Absolutely. It is a pretty good-sized cliffhanger, and then when we come back next week, it's almost like, oh, we got to shore this up. <laughs> right. What do we do now, guys? <laughs> <laughs> we got to shore this up real quick. Um, anyhow, so it doesn't say if it's a double-length episode, but uh, I, I am looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm hoping we get a good ending and that it's going to be back for another season. Me too. Because I, I'd really like lawsuit. to see it more. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is shows have lawsuits all the time. Right now, Lucifer is going through a lawsuit. They just announced within days of each other that Lucifer season three is coming up. They, they've been renewed for another season. But the composers of the main theme song, which is like five seconds long, you know, the, uh, um, that they're suing the show because they're saying that they've been profiting off the music without any kind of contract or anything. I, I can't see the show shutting down for that. Just like I can't see, you know, NBC is about to celebrate their 90th anniversary on television. I can't imagine them saying, Oh, well, this show has, uh, you know, cost us $5 million in a lawsuit. So we're pulling it from the air. If anything, it's going to make the show more popular to see that it's in the news for a lawsuit. I would think. Well, I don't know. I always go back to the writer's strike and, oh. and how they pulled some pretty fantastic shows like Journeyman, Life, yeah. even Bionic Woman, <sighs> uh, all because of the writer's strike and because of that damn Jay Leno show they came back with. Yeah. The 10 o'clock Jay Leno show, <laughs> which was garbage. Because he was gone, and then he was back. Because people don't want to watch Jay Leno at 10. They want to watch him at 11.35. That's right. Ah, crap. Anyways. Uh, Supergirl. Supergirl. So this was a, um, I don't know, Metallo breaks Lenny Luther out of jail. They set it up to make like Lena Luther helped her out. Kara's the only one that believes in Lena. Everyone else has written her off. Uh, I believe James referenced Smallville in this episode. Yes. Yes, he did. When he talks about how Clark and and, and Lex used to be friends and yep. they grew up together. And I, I thought that was interesting because we was. had a Jimmy Olsen on Smallville and it wasn't a tall black man. No, no, it was not. Um, 
And I'm just going to go back to I don't like James's guardian. No, and I don't like either. the fact they call him James and not Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess that's how mentally I can separate the two characters because Jimmy Olsen. He's a CIA operative the, who was shot. Oh, fuck that. Jesus. <laughs> I had to get my dig in. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, I'm done. I, I, I will say this. I do enjoy the theme music to Supergirl because it feels Superman-ish. Yes. And you know I, what I mean? Like somehow going all the way back to Adventures of Superman, Superboy, Lois and Clark, the Superman movies, even Man of Steel, and and now this, the music is always kind of similar. <laughs> I noticed you left out uh, Smallville with Remy Zero's Save Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the music is similar, except for that one. <clears throat> except for Smallville, the one that went ten seasons. But you know what? We never saw him in the costume, so oh, whatever. God, talk about a show that got too long in the tooth. Again, Dude, it's going to be like Goth if Gotham doesn't end with him putting on the cape and cowl. <laughs> Right? It's going to end with James Gordon putting on the cape and cowl. You know it is. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> no, Alternative have... facts, Gotham. <laughs> nice. I, I was happy to see her hold her conviction through the whole thing of sticking up for Me Lena. too. Yep. You know, it really played well. It played to her character. You know, her character, if nothing else, kind of yep. one of the reasons that I like the show better than Arrow is because her character is the opposite of Oliver. She's like bubbly and upbeat. And even when things get her <sighs> down, she's like, you know, still got that smile on her face. Yep. And, uh, the one thing that I had a major problem with was the guard walking up to Metallo's cell and saying, mail call. And he's like, I shouldn't have anything. And the guy throws an unopened package on the floor. Right. Like right, it's a, is- it's not even like a box. It's an envelope that is bulging at the seams because it's his kryptonite heart. How did that a get into the prison system and B find its way through the mail checkers to C get into that guard's hand and D be dumped unceremoniously on the guy's floor? I think you just have to sum that up to crooked guard who smuggled it in. It's got to be it. But then why even put it in a in an envelope with his name on it? You know. Well, okay, but later on, they <laughs> does he have like six footage. of those packages? And he's like, hmm, I got to keep these straight. <laughs> I got to know what I'm smuggling in here. I'm <laughs> like Metallo crooked. rips open the package and it's a cupcake with buttercream frosting, and he's like, why would I care about this? There's some, there's some like large guy who robbed a bakery down the way, and he's like, why do I need this green rock? Yeah. <laughs> um. Synthetic kryptonite they're introducing into this. Which, haven't we heard of that a few times before? I believe so. Across the different genres, because that was always the thing, you know, especially Lex. He wanted, there was a finite amount of kryptonite on Earth, obviously, and he wanted to find a way to replicate the chemical in it and and get the desired result. And I think that's where we got some of the weird color combinations, like the blue kryptonite. Well, or the red kryptonite that makes him evil. Uh, unleashes his inhibitions. Sorry, unle- okay. Unleashes his inhibitions, <laughs> which always seems to make him evil because apparently that's what people are at their core—is evil. Uh, yeah, apparently yes. Even alien people, especially alien people affected by rocks. That's right. They should build a wall. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> No, it was a good episode. Could have done without the whole will they, won't we with her and um, pretty boy there. 
Oh, uh, Monel. Monel. I wanted to call him Zorel, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That whole, you know, oh, how are things going with you and him? And she's like, oh, we're not dating. We went on one date. And, oh, so he's not really dating you. Oh, so he's built. Uh, uh. Stop it. Yeah, I've, I see. I forgot all about that part. I blocked it out. <laughs> and this was also um, the beginning of this episode when they were all at the alien bar. You know, humans at an alien bar. And, uh. They were all introduced to Alex's new girlfriend. Okay, okay, and once again, the aliens at the alien bar have to know that Kara is Supergirl. Right? Okay? <laughs> like, they have to know. Especially when they have the drink that only if that, like, only they can drink, only Kryptonians <laughs> right. and whatever Monel can drink. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, Why does she keep ordering this? <laughs> yeah. She's just gonna eat her insides out. Oh, wait, <laughs> no, she can take that. Um, she but, must not be one of the only two Kryptonians known on the planet Earth. <laughs> um, it was really cool, I thought, that they opened up the next episode at the end of this one. Yes. With Mr. Mixer's Pitlick. Yes, I, I did enjoy that. Far more ravishing and charming looking than I'm used to. You know, I'm the old school orange suit imp that, you know, is like a foot and a half tall floating in the air. I, I thought that was quite interesting when I was like, oh, he's full grown. <laughs> he he almost looked like Adam Driver. I was like, is this, you know, Kylo Ren coming down to propose to? But yeah, it, it opened up for the next episode, which I'm really looking forward to. I, I, I am too. I think it's going to be great. Um, I had to explain this to uh, my friend Kelly because... You know, she was asking me about it. We we saw the preview, and she's like, "What?" And I said, "It's Mister Mixix Pitalik. He's an imp from the fifth dimension, and he comes here, and he can alter reality, and wreaks havoc on everybody, and turns the world upside down to do whatever he wants. Usually, just to have fun." Howie Mandel did a great right. job as him, by the way, um, in Lois and Clark and the New Adventures of Superman. But anyway, yep. the only way to get him back into the fifth dimension is to trick him into saying his own name backwards. Which his which I remember watching Superman when I was a kid, the cartoon. Yeah, um, and they they found many ways to trick him. <laughs> yes, they did. It'll be interesting to see how they figure this out and yeah. how they do. It. Like maybe they'll have to talk to Superman because he's dealt with him before. I don't know. Well, you know, we haven't seen him come back yet, which I was surprised. I thought we'd see more of him. Yeah. They haven't um, even really mentioned him. Just in the opening credits every week. Oh, my God. I'm tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it also always reminds me of that one little skit on um, Family Guy where Adam West was on Jeopardy and he got Alex Trebek to read his own name out loud. Kebert Zella. Ah! And then he poops out. And Adam <laughs> West is like, the only way to get him back to his home dimension is to make him <laughs> say his name backwards. <laughs> Kebert Zella? <laughs> Just those boink. celebrity Jeopardies oh. on Saturday Night Live. I used to watch those so many times. They were hilarious. They should do a compilation just of that. Oh my gosh. I would oh my totally goodness. Those were so good. I would too. I would literally love to watch all of those from over the first one to the last again. one. They were so oh my good. God. Your answer is a V. Well, try as you might. V is Roman numeral five, Roman numeral five. And that, sir, is the correct answer. And your wager is suck it, Trebek. 
in the V with the top of the K. <sighs> <laughs> I I have that you've seen it. I have that on a shirt that is blue, so it looks like the Jeopardy screen, and I will wear that sometimes and look for the few people. It's not a lot, but the few people who like point and snicker, usually they'll go get a friend and they'll be like, Come here, come here, look at this guy's shirt. Because those are the people who are awesome. Yeah. Who recognize that. That is so old like that is so old too. Like that is <laughs> it is. Back when Daryl Hammond now? was playing Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, God, that was so great. <laughs> Ape-tit de Junior. That's a petite déjeuner, Mr. Connery. The penis mightier. The pen is mightier. I'll take swords. It's S-words. Uh, the pen is mightier. That's not what your mother said last night, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Norm McDonald's Mark Reynolds. <laughs> yes. What is that? It's, it's a big hat. hat. <laughs> it's an oversized hat. It's uh it's funny because it's uh it's bigger than a normal hat. <laughs> oh my god. That was phenomenal. I want to go watch those now. I do too. Seriously, if anyone listening hasn't watched <laughs> SNL uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, do yourself a favor, go to YouTube, type in SNL Celebrity Jeopardy, and just have fun. They are hilarious. <laughs> there were so many good ones. Make sure it's from the older stuff where Will Ferrell was playing Alex Trebek. Yes. And, yes. you know, I don't even know if they did any more of them after he left, but I'm sure I they like weren't as good. When he, like, hosted the, sh- the show one time, they did a return one. Oh, yes. Yes, they did. Yes. Oh, God, now i got to go watch those. I know, right? Oh, what a great way to get derailed with the conversation. <laughs> I, well, you know, it's completely acceptable. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's completely acceptable. Oh, God, even BuzzFeed has a thing about it. 21 times SNL Celebrity Jeopardy was dead on. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading one now. I'll take anal bum cover for 7000 That's an album cover. <laughs> the fact that they came up with some of those categories that can be reinterpreted like that is just great. That's like catch, some real fifth grade humor right there. Dude, catch the semen for 800 That's catch these men. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, we gotta get back on task here. We gotta we gotta get back to the podcast before we just like spend all night diving into this. <laughs> oh my god! Which we could. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh gosh. Oh man. These are so. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess. I gotta stop laughing. Shut her down. <laughs> Shut her down. Completely sidetracked on this one. <sighs> so there was no, so there was no Flash week. or Legends this week, huh? Right. No Flash, no Legends. Cool, cool. Gosh. But we did have Shield on Tuesday night. And I kept seeing the previews for Gorilla City, and I'm really excited for that. I'm very excited for Gorilla City. Um, I'm not so excited about Shield this week. Um, how so? It's just the ending. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll agree with you there. 
I mean, I actually, I thought it was a good episode. Like I was enjoying the episode and then, and then up at the end, I was just like, like yeah. I, as soon as I saw like one of them questioning the time, Oh, why haven't we heard from me? Why can't come? Like, Oh my God, how many are they going to make into these? Right. And then like, yep, all four of them. Those four are all going to be LMDs because Gemma is with Fitz the whole time. Yep. And she is aware that there's something wrong and. That there's some sort of delay, and the others are oblivious. They think everything's fine, and I was just like, "It's excessive to me." But here's the real Giant question: problem. Yeah, is that the reality, or are Fitz and Gemma the LMDs, and they've been programmed to see, like, you know, when the screen says these are positive for LMDs, are they programmed to see that everyone else is an LMD except for them? And then their mission is going to be to smuggle secrets out of S.H.I.E.L.D. before the LMDs get their hands on them. But it's really them who are the LMDs. Oh, God. I See, now you've just made it worse. It, here's my biggest thing, and I've mentioned this back when we had the uh, May was the first LMD. How does this guy have right. the technology to create right. exact scale model duplicates of all of these people? You look at those four that were that went in there. And they are wildly variable in their sizes, shapes, colors, demeanors, genders, etc. Oh, wait. Your whole plan is blown to shit, though, because at the end – well, no, I guess not. Because at the end, um, you know, Coulson wakes up May. Mm. Yeah, because we've discovered that Radcliffe also has somehow perfected the Matrix with with yeah. the Darkhold. Yeah. Ancient book of magic that cre- lets you create technology. I don't Matrix. know. I just know, like, I thought this has been a really great season so far, like a really powerful season so far. With Ghost Rider and, and the Ghost Rider section was great. I've enjoyed the LMD so far because it hasn't gotten ridiculous. All right, there's Ada. Okay. And then he's able to build the May. All right, all right, that's that's okay. We're good. Okay, he built himself. All right, well that kind of makes sense. That might be one of the first one he builds, you know, because he is working double size. Okay. Oh, he built twenty friggin' more. Yeah. No, like it's just. I'm just gonna say yeah. it. Boobs. Okay. Yeah. How, how is he getting? Like he could get their weight and their height from their charts, but how is he exactly matching? the female LMD's boobs, so that when they put on their bras that are in their houses and they're supposed to fit perfectly right, they're fitting perfectly right. Like, how is it that they're not like, uh, wait a minute, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. I don't seem to fit into my bra anymore. No. <sighs> it, it's bugging know. me that he has this access just, to all of their specific measurements. Yeah, yeah. and that none of them question it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really wasn't a big fan. I, again, episode. it seems to me like they're trying to do a spin on the Scree takeover or scroll. Sorry, scroll. Um, and if they would do it with shape-shifting aliens, I would be perfectly fine with this. It would actually be much more intriguing. I would yep. be thrilled with that kind of thing. You know, who? It's kind of like John Carpenter's The Thing. You know, yes. who is it? Who's the alien? Yep. Who's not? Absolutely. Uh, a much better version of what we saw with the White Martians on Supergirl. They could really do this well. But because they're doing it, a, a guy is creating these robots yep. that look exact and sound exactly like uh, it's it's oh, too much to expect not, us to believe. Oh, and he's not killing them either. Right. Like he's leaving them alive in a in a comatose state. In the I, Matrix. 
<laughs> the Matrix, why? Doesn't make any sense. He doesn't nope. need to keep them alive, right? He doesn't need to have them open so their brainwaves can line up and blah, blah, blah. No, he, he doesn't need to. Nope. Everything's right in the computer. If he has to make a new one, all he has to do is hit download, apparently. Yeah, because we saw that he made multiple ADAs. Yeah. 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 I just... It's it's ridiculous. It did bother me as well. And how are they? And how are they? How is he duplicating Quake's powers? Quake's powers, um, their clothing. You know, how is it that he knew that they were going to show up to the mission dressed like they did, and was able to replicate? Unless he stripped their bodies stripped and switched their clothing, clothing off yeah. the LMDs. Right. But I mean, just. Uh, what about not so, a fan? What, what's going to happen with Coulson's hand? You know, that's proprietary tech right there that Fitz built. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. I'm not a fan no. of this most recent episode, which is a shame because I've enjoyed the whole season so far. Yep. I really have too. <sighs> yep. It's been good. <sighs> but anyway, um, I will say this. I, I don't know if it was, uh, hold on. I don't know if this was Tuesday or not. I feel like it might have been. But either way, this was my last episode of Riverdale. Um, that's on Thursdays, I think. And I'm surprised you lasted that long. I, I saw – I, uh, I was watching another show on the CW app and they had a commercial for Riverdale. And it said like from the producers or creators of Vampire Diaries and Gossip Girl, Riverdale. And I'm like, oh, that's why I don't watch that garbage. <laughs> I liked the first three seasons of Vampire Diaries. I thought that it was a good supernatural show. Yeah, there was drama in it, but they focused more on the killing and stuff. So I really enjoyed, you know, the secret society and them staking vampires and stuff. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, this, I this think I got through two seasons of Vampire Diaries before I was like, what? Yeah. And then when they cloned Stefan or he had a doppelganger or whatever it was, I was like, whatever, I'm done. Yep, that's what I was done too. I was like, yeah. no, I'm done with this. Or like, I'm glad I stopped watching this show. <laughs> this episode of Riverdale was, oh, some unknown buyer is going to tear down the old drive-in theater. And so Jughead rallies everybody to try to save it, but it's going to get torn down anyway. And I was like, no, I'm done with this. Not only that, but it was one of those blink and you miss it kind of things. I saw in the opening credits, they were like special guest stars, blah, 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 Skeet Ulrich. And I'm like, how is he still alive? And then he was like the leader of a biker gang, the Southside Snakes. And it's another one of those people who you look at him and you're like, if nobody had told me that was Skeet Ulrich, I wouldn't have recognized him. Like, I wouldn't have said, oh, doesn't that look like an older Skeet Ulrich? You couldn't recognize the guy. And he looks buff and pretty rugged and just older. Um, he is 47, according to the Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, he also is Jughead's dad, as we learn in the closing scene of the show. You know, when he shows up and he goes, what are you, where are you going to live now? And he goes, I'll find someplace, dad. And I was like, wow, I'm so done with this show. <sighs> Took it yeah, right off series a, recording. It's, and It's a garbage show. Yep. So, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm crossing it off the list. Well, there you go. Not a big loss. No. Ultimately. No. I don't think so. <laughs> so, um, This Is Us, though, is a Tuesday night show. Yes. 
Kate and I actually just watched it before you and I started recording. Excellent. But yeah, which is why I was like, I got to watch that first. Um, I honestly thought at one point we were finally going to get the story of what happened to Jack and how he died. I know. And uh, I'm like, I was like, oh, here it goes. And then Kate's like, I, I just can't talk about it right now. And then the way it ended. With him I'm sitting like, in the booth with the uh, cheeseburger for- and. Drinking by himself after yep. fighting with the wife on Valentine's Day because she wants to go on a tour with, with this uh, guy, which she didn't tell him because he was just going to act this way. Spin out. She kept saying, I knew you'd spin, spin out. out. Yeah. I knew that you would spin out like this. Yeah, and I love the sentence where she said, I just wanted to have something where you wouldn't get in the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. <sighs> yep. You know, we that definitely saw we saw the chinks in his armor, you know, because he's always presented as the hero, the knight in shining armor, the guy who pulls everything together. Yeah, you start to think, boy, he can do no wrong. But then his jealousy was quite petulant. You know, it was over the top. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let's just yeah. drive home in silence. You know, he definitely doesn't handle that kind of stuff well, you could say. Well, he didn't want her to go anyways. Yeah. And, but he was trying to be supportive. He's trying to be the nice guy, trying to be supportive, trying to like, you know, uh, help her live her dream or whatever. Oh, I and love how she's already that in his face. She's yep. like, oh, I didn't know you had to try to be a nice guy. Well, yeah. with you, woman, sometimes it's difficult. <laughs> um, yeah. It was a good episode. Um, I like, Kate, it, go ahead. yeah, you, you were just going to say what I was going to say. Is well, that, yeah, she went to the, uh, she went to cabin 13 and spoke Duke. to Duke and told him off. And he's like, my mom and dad own this place. You're out of here. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was Talk like, about I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. And then sure enough, she got kicked out. Yeah. So. Holy crap. Like retaliation for standing up for herself and saying, you know, I don't like your advances. Oh, yeah, well, if you won't have sex with me, my mom and dad aren't going to hear about it, and you're going to be kicked out. And then she was. Yeah, then she was. Yep. So, okay, Kevin's big show is finally going to happen, and it's, you know, it's, it's everything he's wanted it to be, and he becomes completely... Unlike Kevin to go help his brother because he realizes his brother's in serious trouble. Right. Yeah, that was kind of – it was uncharacteristic for him, but it showed growth for him because he was thinking back to all those times. And after his talk with Miguel where he was like, Miguel, I don't not like you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess that's a start. You know, Miguel was basically telling Kevin – you know, I see my best friend, your father, in you so yeah. much, and it kills me that you don't like me because when I'm around you, I feel like I've got a bit of my best friend back. So, you know, he thought, what would my dad do? Yep, and his dad would go to his brother, and that's what he did. And um, I don't know. We got three more episodes. I have a feeling that we got to find out how dad died by the end of this season. I, like I said, I or like you said, I really felt like – um they were going to do it this time, but yeah. I feel like they're building it up, and it was – it's foreshadowing. You know, I could see them turning this into a drunk driving thing. Oh, I know. I kind of hope not because that would be terrible. Yeah. You know, because he's always been positioned as such a positive thing, and then he dies after having a fight with his wife, going to eat their meal by himself, and then 
crashes and dies on a drive home. Right. Or worse, crashes and kills someone, goes to jail, uh-huh. and then gets killed in jail or something happens. Yeah. Like the old Stand By Me ending with River Phoenix's character who got killed trying to break up a fight. Uh-huh. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> I, I felt bad on both ends of it. First off, hold on. Can we just say, I, I think the name of the play was The Other Side of the Egg or something like that, or The Other Side of an Egg? Yeah, something How like that, yep. pretentious is that? That just sounds like somebody who's pretentious wrote a play. Sort of, yeah. But anyway, um, so, you know, I felt bad for Sloane walking out on stage and thinking that, you know, she was she's going to get reviewed by the New York Times and that everybody's here to watch their initial performance. And she turns around and he's gone. Like, no explanation, no note, no nothing. He's just gone. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of a dick move. Let's it be honest. was. It was a dick move. It was a it was a humiliating move. But I also get why he did it. You know, it, it sucks that he had to pick that one moment to finally become a human being, <laughs> but <laughs> right, like he couldn't have come, grown a little bit more before this, like gone and rescued Kate from her would be sexual predator or, you know, well, but he didn't, uh, he didn't have that talk with Miguel. It's true. About how he's his dad. Yep. That's true. You're Jack so. Pearson's son. Boom. Yep. Start and that was the right. name of the episode. Uh-huh. They always find a way to put the name of the episode in one of the lines. Yes. Yep, I've noticed that. They tied in. So. Um Yeah. I don't know. I look for I mean it's three more episodes this season, so I've been renewed for two more seasons. Yep. Um so it'll be interesting to see what happens if they don't have flashbacks anymore. Right. Um, Because unlike another show with flashbacks, (laughs) I enjoy these ones because it makes sense and it builds towards the plot and the the storyline of what's happening. And it ties in nicely as opposed to just being like, all right, enough already. I will agree with you. That's enough. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that crappy show, this was my note. You ready? (laughs) Hold on. See if you get the joke. Oh, it was a very special episode of Arrow. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Holy God, was this an ABC after school special about gun rights and gun control. Oh, my. And, and it was over the top. Wicked, it was wicked over, over the top. top. I wicked mean, like, heavy handed. It was insane how hard they were pushing that message. And not just a little bit, through the entire episode. Right. Entire episode. It was excessive. Um, I did find one thing hilarious. Okay. Uh, gravelly voice arrow talking to gravelly voice, uh, <laughs> gun toting, uh, uh, vigilante. Yep. I'm going to stop you. You're going to have to try your best. I'm doing your job for you. I'm like, oh, my God. Seriously, they both have to be gravelly voice. Right. Um, and then I found one thing utterly just like, oh, they better not flip and do this in the future, which is the flashbacks were not about Oliver. 
What about oh, Mad Dog yeah. and how he became and his origin story? Which I don't mind seeing his origin story, but if that's the new friggin' theme of Arrow is going to be, is oh no more Oliver flashbacks? They're going to flashback everybody else. Then I don't know. When people say they don't want any more flashbacks, they mean period. They don't mean yeah. give them to someone else. I was really disappointed in that because I felt like you know with Curtis we've gotten to know him over a while with yep. the Black Canary. She's brand new to the team. And we got to see her quote-unquote origin story in a single episode, but it kind of was pieced together pretty well. Yeah. With Mad yeah. Dog, he's been around the entire season. We're finally getting his origin story, and it's in the most heavy-handed, ridiculous episode, and it ties into the message of it. If I'd had my gun, my wife would be alive. No, she wouldn't, because no, you got no. her gun, and you shot the guy, and he fell over dead and his gun went off and shot her. So you literally caused your wife's death by using your gun. Yeah. So I don't know where he got that logic from. Yeah, I don't I don't know where he got that logic from either. He he's been such a throwaway oh. character this entire season and mul- you and I have talked multiple times about how we'd love to see him gone. Yep. And they finally try to give him some depth, and it's the sh- it's the most shallow depth ever because they literally only gave him an origin story so that they could push their agenda of their after school special. Yeah, basically, the guy yeah. deserves better than that. I mean, he may be a schmuck and a and a weak character, but he deserves better than being like, oh well, we'll finally give you an origin story, but only so that we can really hammer this message home. I don't know. I just I thought it was weak sauce. Yep. I mean, yeah, it showed why he believed in his standpoint. Like they they made they showed everyone's. Oh, and this is the other thing that was actually utterly ridiculous about it. It was a very special episode of Arrow. <laughs> everyone had everyone had their point of view on guns and gun control and why it's good or why it's bad or what should be done. Nobody was fighting about it. Nobody was being obnoxious about it. Everyone was talking to each one in common concise, clear voices stating their opinions, and everyone was respecting each other's opinions. That's not realistic at all. No, it's not. That's not real. People are not like that. People are people are fucking morons, okay? <laughs> there should have been and, a lot more obscenities. And, and they're animals. Yep. And, and people don't speak to calm people in a calm and rational manner. Uh, in if most anything, aspects. If, and if anything, John, you and I have learned... That when you speak to someone in a calm and rational manner <laughs> and you keep your voice lowered, it makes them angrier. Yes, they tend to because, escalate. Because you're not getting worked up like they are. Right. Why aren't you getting worked up like I am? Yes. You know? Yep. Um, yeah. And, so, and that's true of most topics out there that people disagree on. But the topic of gun control is probably the most controversial topic in the United States at this point. I would dare say that that's a I don't know. They're, they're pushing the they're, they're pushing that Roe versus Wade thing now again. Like they want to they wanted to um repel it. And so that's that's a big hot repeal? button topic too. Yeah, repeal it. That's a big hot button topic as it well. It is, but I yeah. can guarantee that there are people out there who if you talked about abortion, they'd be like, ah, "I don't really care." You know? It doesn't affect me. But th- you'd be hard-pressed to find a person who doesn't come down on one side or the other of the gun debate super, super hot and heavy. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. not, that's not the focus of this podcast. No. We're all about equality. Um, yeah. And yeah. what did you watch? So this week, and we watched a very special episode oh, of Arrow that was oh God. just garbage. 
It really was. Like, on a week where we were missing two of the four CW shows, yeah. getting this as one of the two that we had was just upsetting, to say the least. And I yeah. love how at the end, they managed to come up with a gun registration bill that was, like, 50, 60 pages long. The woman that flips open. everybody and, agreed on. Yeah, the woman flips it open, like, page 13, looks at it, shakes her head, and goes... I can be okay with this. What do you mean? You didn't read it. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't look at it, woman. You're going to back it. Oh yeah. And the gun bill was, it was good for the, for the people that sell guns. It was good for the people that want to buy guns. Uh, everyone on both sides could agree on it. They need to release this gun bill for everyone can read it and see what kind of magic they just created. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know we're watching a fictional TV show, but this is. So far-fetched fiction that the fact that it's a show about superheroes is more believable than this bill they just put forward. We just watched okay. an entire season of this show where the main character had a, a statue that gave him magic powers, and we were okay with that. But the fact yeah, that in an that overnight session, they banged out a 50-, 60-page gun bill that yeah. makes everybody happy. It respects the people who want to have guns and the people who want to live. And I'm like, wow, you couldn't even nope. get that wording right. Nope, 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 nope. No, it, <laughs> it went so far off the rails, I, it was almost a farce. It was that bad. <laughs> I agree Holy with you. God, I mean, that was. <sighs> yep. yep, I agree with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yep. Page 13 yeah. of the, that's, uh, I'm Star watching City. this, and I'm just like, the longer the episode got, I was just like, seriously? Seriously? <laughs> They're still beating this to death. Anyways, we're done beating it to death. Yes. Yes, we are. We're moving on to what? Um, lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Oh, I meant Here's, to ask you real quick. Did yeah. you watch, did you go back and watch APB at all? I haven't. No, I, I, I was like uh, we talked about before we were on air. I was real sick for a day. Yeah, had a bunch of overtime this week, so like I, uh, I haven't had a chance to watch. Um, I didn't watch Blacklist. Okay, I didn't watch the second episode of Legion. Um, I didn't watch that APB yet. Well, then I'm going to hold off on that because I oh, watched sorry. the second episode, and it was good um, again. I did catch up on on uh, Emerald City. So you're completely caught up. Yeah, I watched three episodes of Emerald City. Um, so I did. I did watch those. Okay. Um, but no, I, I didn't watch APB yet. Um, All right, I'm holding APB to the side until you're caught up. If on I it. don't watch it next by next week, then then you're I'm talking free, about you know, it. Talk about it. Yeah, but yeah. I, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, real quick, Lethal Weapon Palmer's back. This time, she has a target <laughs> on her back. <laughs> I but, was wondering when you were going to bring her back in, yep. this love interest for Riggs. But I've been uh, dying all week to hear your feedback on what you thought of Thomas Lennon's character. Uh, Leo Getz? Leo Getz. Okay, first of all, I thought he was a much better Leo Getz than Joe Pesci's, Joe Pesci's version of Leo Getz. I agree. Joe Pesci's version of Leo Getz 
makes me want to shut it off. Like I couldn't stand it in the movies. I had, okay, 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 okay. I just couldn't stand it. With that bleach blonde it. hair? Oh my god, it was terrible. I mean, it was beyond annoying. Yep. I like this version a lot. I actually find him hilarious. <laughs> I feel like he adds to the show somehow. Yep. Um, I was actually quite surprised they introduced the character. When I saw that they were, I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I like, I, I hope we see more of him in the future. Yes. I really do. Unlike the Joe Pesci Leo gets when he came back for episode Leo, Lethal Weapon 4, I was just like, oh, son of a. Right, right. Um, but I, I'd like to see more of him. Excellent. I agree completely. Yeah. I've said before on here that I love Thomas Lennon. I think yeah. he is brilliant and f- hilarious. And this character was a great version, like you said, of the ambulance chaser, the, the slimy lawyer. <laughs> he did it so well. I love the beginning when he's just like, where the guy's like, who are you? Like, I'm his attorney. What, like, what are we doing here? And he's like, well, you know, I have a punch card. I'm, it's almost full. I just, uh, <laughs> just if I want more crawler and I get a free half dozen or whatever it was. Yep. Just, <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was great. I thought he was really good. The, uh, the overall episode itself was good. It, it yeah. was a good one. Um, I'm getting a little tired of the trope that they seem to keep doing where, uh, Roger doesn't agree with his wife on something and blows it out of proportion and they have a quote unquote fight. Yeah, that is getting overdone. And then he always comes back around because he was always wrong. Yep. Yeah, that is, that is unrealistic. Yep. I, you can't always be wrong. You can always right. overreact. We can't always be wrong. Right. Right. Um, uh, it was nice seeing uh, Riggs kissing her at the end. Yeah, and how brief it was in the elevator. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, which is so, what he needed to do. I think he did. Yeah, I thought they were going to happen the last time she was on the episode, so I'm sure we'll see her come back again. Yes. Yep. So I just uh, I like. All right. So I like the captain on this show. <laughs> I do too. I like how he's not a yeller. You know what I mean? Like he's not the stereotypical like eighties cop captain who's like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like I guess the best version I can think of is uh last, last action hero. hero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like how he said it almost in unison. Uh-huh. Uh but um yeah, I, I really, uh, I really like the cats on there. It goes back to the episode for me. I don't know which number it was, but the girl comes in. She goes, Riggs called for backup. But Riggs called for backup. He's like, yeah, send everyone, get a helicopter, yep. send the SWAT team. Like, you know, like- he's, he's not a yeller, but he's also not the clueless incompetent. Like he's no. quite competent. He knows what's going on in his place. Yep. He's got a bit of a wisecracking side, but he's not like over the top. He, he's a good character. Yep. yep. I know we've said it before, and, and we'll probably say it again many times. Beside the fact that this has the name Lethal Weapon on it, and some people don't like the fact that, you know, it's it's t- detracting from the movies, this is a really fun show. I really um, genuinely it, it, enjoy watching Aaron it every Bell. week. <laughs> yes. I, I enjoy watching every week as well. It's it's uh, like when I'm on, when I got my tablet up, and I'm at work, and I'm going through my Hulu, and I'm like, oh, Lethal Weapon, new episode on the ass. <laughs> like... I look forward to it as opposed to like <clears throat> SVU, I'll put it on. It's like, oh, that'll be a background episode because yep. I'm going to do something else. Like I'm going to work on putting the schedule together or, or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Um, 
Actually, speaking of SVU, real quick, it was a decent ep- another decent episode this week. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. I, I was, I was huh? huh? The four hundred one episode. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, it was an, it was another decent decent episode this week. I'm just gonna leave it at that. That's literally Fair all enough. I'm gonna say about it. <laughs> um. Oh, Superstore! I laughed a lot in this episode. <laughs> Oh I, my goodness! Because okay, like, and I don't—I never worked in retail, like uh-huh. you, or or whatever. But like, I know for a fact, like the Walmart stores in Maine, the uh-huh. heat and the air conditioning is controlled by Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, and uh, when it's winter here, but it's not winter there, <laughs> the air conditioning is still on in yes. Augusta, you know, or wherever. So I thought that was hilarious, dude. When I was at Linens <laughs> and Things, that's how it was, and. The thermostats that they had installed were 20 feet off the floor. Yeah. So basically, like, in the wintertime, the heat would kick on, and then as soon as it hit the thermostat, it was like, okay, it's warm. But, of course, warm air rises. We, we, yeah. I lived through that. But it was the opposite. I'd have people who were walking in, and they're like, it's freezing in here. I'm going back outside where it's warmer. Yeah. You know, we'd have employees up at the front end who were bundled up in scarves and hats and gloves trying to ring the register because it was so cold. But the thermostats were like, I'm sorry, sir, but, you know, we're registering that your store is at 66 degrees. No, the ceiling is at 66 degrees. (laughs) Down here where the people live, it's like 40. I loved the automated thing where she goes, uh, well, my computer show is that it's a 66 degrees in there. And generally speaking, when, when things like this happen, we just say it's it's not the computer. It's the person. So I'm yeah. going to put this down to manage your error. What? No. No, it's not manage. I'm just like, okay, that's funny. Yeah. It's like I've never really known a computer to have an error. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then people that keep going up to the counter to say, hey, it's really warm in here. Uh-huh. Like why do people have this overwhelming just – compulsion to state the obvious to people. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, when I get 25 911 calls on the same vehicle off the road, okay? Now, granted, I try to say to my mind, okay, they don't know that 24 other people have called in already about this. Right. They're going by, they're doing their civic duty, et cetera, et cetera. But when there's an ambulance there, or there's cones out, or there's a police car there, and you go, okay, that's odd, ma'am. My officer's been on scene for like five minutes. Oh, I saw it like 10 minutes ago. I just morally got around to finally thinking maybe I should call that in. That's when I'm just like, ah, click. Uh, I obviously don't do that, but yeah, it's very infuriating, and I just don't understand it when just people feel the need, the compulsion to tell you the obvious. Uh-huh. Oh, your door's not working there. Really? Thanks. Yeah. I'm standing in front of it. I am aware of this. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or back at the video store, when people would come up, they'd be like, you're out of that movie. Yes, I know. Okay. Let me reach down my pants. Nope, there's none in my butt. Yeah, thanks exactly. for stating the obvious. Can you check in that box over there? Sure. And he'd rip the door open, pull the empty box out. Doesn't appear to be anything in it. <laughs> it's the third time you've asked me to check. Yeah, Trust you know me, that if the movie comes in, you'll be the last person to get it. You know that hot blockbuster that just came out on Tuesday? Well, it's Friday night at nine yeah. o'clock. I want yeah. something to entertain my girlfriend. You're out. Yes. Surprise, surprise. You are correct, sir. It's unavailable. <sighs> Anyhow, I thought it was a great episode. Yes. Um, 
I, Wait, what were I we just, talking about? Superstore. Oh, yes, yes. It, it, I liked, um, what was it, Dina and Garrett in the, uh, in yes, they're, office. They're, they're hiding out in, in, in the office because there's air conditioning's in there. <laughs> He's just like, so, sex? Yeah, get your remember pants that, off. Remember that time we had sex? All right, take your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> they get so bored that they're like, want to have sex again? All right, whatever. Yeah, all right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the sound of your voice makes me want to punch myself in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, this episode, like the temperature, the trying to fix the stuff yourself, the unloading of the truck, I have lived through all of that. Yeah, and so it was a lot of funny and bad memories for me. You know, unloading the trucks first thing in the morning, and <laughs> the way she flew across the rollers like that—I may have done that once or twice. <laughs> I remember when my stepfather worked at AG, which is Associated Grocers, and they would deliver basically like all the independent grocery stores, or little mom and pop grocery stores that would carry Surefine products. AG delivered those, and he was a delivery driver, and we set up the roller rack from the truck to the store, and I may have more than once ridden into the store that way. But <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? As long as you oh, don't get pinched. It's oh, Holy God, God don't get your leg pinched. Oh, God, that was horrible. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it was a blast. Yep. Oh, good times and bad times. <laughs> yeah, this was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, they got renewed for a third season, by the way. Oh, did they? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I think the second season's definitely been better than the first season. Absolutely, and I can't wait to see what they do with the third season. Because they're growing. <laughs> yeah, the show is. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I kind of like that they've gotten past, and I can't think of the character's name now, but America Ferrara's character. Amy? Amy, yeah. They've gotten past Amy and uh, the other guy like being in love with each other to now they're just – like the last few episodes, they've just been kind of like they're, – they're friends at the store, but they yep. don't address the uh, romance between the two of them. Well, they had that little hiccup there where like she – it was revealed that she was going to counseling because her marriage is falling apart. But right. instead of him upping his game, he's kind of backed off. Like you said, you know, it's just they're back to being friendly, which is right. nice. I, yeah. I think it makes it – you don't have that expectation of a romance, so it just makes for funny. So, like this week, uh, with the, with the, what's the guy's name? He got promoted to the warehouse. Oh yeah, good for you. You got a promotion <laughs> with no raise whatsoever. Wow, good, good job. Yeah, good. I know. What did he say? Him. He said it like under his breath. He's like, you know, yeah, I got a promotion because I lo- almost lost uh, because I got a finger cut off and was threatened. He got to my sue. thumb cut off and yeah, <laughs> promised not to sue the company. Ah, <sighs> yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, did you watch Blacklist? I did. I did. How was it? It was good, actually. Um, it was a follow-up. You saw, you saw last week's one, right? Yes. Okay. So this was a follow-up. You know, he still got her and, um, dealing with that. And basically the director of the FBI is like, you stole my prisoner. And he's like, I don't care. The director's like, well, I need something. Give me a Blacklist. He's like, fine. Um, the architect. You know, and puts him like a pack of his. I can think of his Ted Mosby. <laughs> Ted Mosby, architect. Anyways, yeah. So the architect. Yep. 
And um, so they are tracking down the architect, which, you know, involves hacking and things that I was not very comfortable with with hacking, but whatever. And uh, it was a good episode. It had some – it had a really cool gun. It was a – what am I saying? I believe a prototype weapon. It was firing titanium rods of metal at Mach 7. Damn. So basically, that you know. It sounds like it would hurt when it injected into your body. Uh, never hit a body, but it was used to take out brick guard towers. Like, just level them with one shot. It's, uh, yeah, it was. I, I had a problem with that too, though, later on, but we can talk about that once you've watched it. Okay. Uh, all in all, solid episode, really set up. Next week is going to be the Blacklist, followed by the Blacklist Redemption. I am looking forward to the Blacklist Redemption. So, yep. so, and this one, um, once you've watched it, we need to talk about it because there was a quote unquote twist in it. And yep. I think I've got it all figured out, but I want to wait until you're on board and then we can talk about what the twist is and if you believe the same thing I do. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Sounds good. Um, powerless. Yes. Atlantis and sinking day. Yeah. Um, well, Corbin, Corbin, Corbin Benson is Van's father. Yes. Um, I don't know about this show, dude. Like, and it has nothing to do with the fact that it's so far removed from every other superhero show. Just the show within itself as a standalone show. It's not, it's not screaming out to me. You know what I mean? It, it's not something that I'm excited to watch every week. I get some chuckles out of it. Again, mostly yeah. from his assistant. Yes, she was quite hilarious this week with her sexual harassment statements. <laughs> that about, I, I uh, loved it when the, the new hire Alex. Yeah, when Danny Pudi wanted to test if he was a hero, and he pushed her mug off the counter that said "Mom," and it like <laughs> shattered. And Alex just jumped like, over and kept walking. She's like, "My son made me that dick." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just beautifully yeah. delivered. But yeah, it, it was Vanessa Hudgens' character. I think rubs me the wrong way. She's a little too zippy and peppy and, you know, me, 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 me. Yep. I totally see that. Um, Alan Tudyk did a good They really, I don't know if this was like a dig at DC or if they were just trying a gag out, but did you get the impression that they were really going for Atlantis to be like basically the white Aryan nation? Like the three representatives, well, the hand signals, and they were all blonde, blue-eyed men, you know, of a certain height, and it then the fact odd. that they kept that they kept referring to the fact that Ron Funches said he was from there, and they're like, "Really, you're from there?" Like they were really incredulous that he could be from there, kind of because he was, you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, because I'm so peppy and happy, and these people are all sourpuss." Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. But it was really that you know the race thing. I, I don't get that. I don't. I never really followed Aquaman as much in the comics, so I don't know if that was the thing where Atlantis was basically like Nazi Germany's pride, you know, like something <laughs> they would have loved. But if it is, then that's a deep dig joke for diehard DC fans. If it's not, then 
I mean, racism for a joke? Not when you're, yeah. not when you're three episodes in. But it's not even, but it was, it was very much implied, not so much openly spoken to. It's almost like you had to really like, oh, that's where they're going with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was not so much a wink and a nod as much as it was a get it, get it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'll keep watching it for now because I don't have any conflicts. Yep. Fair enough. <clears throat> so I watched Grimm this week. Oh my God. Did you watch it? Holy God. Dude. So yes? Dude. No? I don't know. I, I don't understand your reaction there. Yeah, I watched that <laughs> piece of garbage. Okay, all right. So for those that don't know, I have lots of notes on this. Oh. I, I don't know. So the group goes on a getaway from Monroe's birthday. All right, that's kind of neat. You go away for your birthday. Your friends go. Not kind of odd that, like, Eve goes because she's like, you know – Nick's ex, and they have some unsettled things there, but they're going to go together, the three of them, I guess. I don't know, whatever, sure. Uh, and then while they're there, a Cupid-style Vesson recognizes Burkhart, not because he's a Grim, but because before he became a Grim, he arrested his dad, and so he decides to... Uh, oh, they're there for a birthday, so he he he, he uh, Mickey's some champagne with some of his magical Vesson powers. And, and hair. Makes them and ha- well, he's got to have something, you know, to uh, make them fall in love with each other because he wants them to uh, basically become so violently in love with each other that they kill each other themselves, etc., etc., etc. Dude, and so where did they get the hair? How did he know the clothing articles that he could pull a single hair of each person from? I've checked my shirts, my pants. I don't walk yeah. around with my own hairs on my body that yeah, often. Yeah, that was pretty unrealistic. I agree with that. He managed to break into all the rooms and do all this and then get downstairs and then spit in all their drinks, then drop the hairs <laughs> in each one of them while they were somehow not in there. It was unrealistic. I agree with that statement. Um, and then, of course, he bumps into one of the employees there and a single hair falls off her and goes directly into one of the glasses affecting it. You know, that was convenient. Um, Not just affecting it, but they changed to different colors of the rainbow. Yep. yep. It would have been one that, that each one they? turned red and then went back to champagne, but it was like each one turned into a different color. And that's how we knew because, you know, then later on their eyes turned to the color that matched the glass that they drank from. Okay. How did the girl not notice? Like, how was she bump into that guy? The hair falls in. It changes color, then changes back to champagne. How did she not say, whoa, dude, what are you doing? That well, she saw some vests in vogue by the end of the episode, and we don't know how that affected her either. So, of course, Rosalie's pregnant with triplets. So she says, I can't have that single glass of champagne because I'm pregnant. He, The guy doesn't seem to react. He's kind of like, whatever. So Hank takes two glasses. But basically, um, Wu ends up falling for Holly, the worker. Yep. Um, Eve falls for Nick. That seemed obvious. Adeline falls for Monroe. Nick falls for Rosalie. And Hank, okay, this was the funniest and greatest part of the entire episode of this <laughs> entire season. Because Hank falls in love with himself. Yes. And that was magical. I mean it. Like, the way they did that, the way they handled that, you have to agree, that was amazing. That was really well done. Oh my god. So, like, when you see the other person, like, your eyes light up, and so they show everyone, and they show Hank look up in the mirror, and his eyes light up, and he's like, oh my god. And it was absolutely (laughs) 
phenomenal. <laughs> he was singing Let's Get It On to himself. Yeah, he I was. mean, it was great. They all the hallway. He comes out in the hallway basically to like to tell them to stop it and Rosie's like, Thank you, because Rosalie, of course, is the only one not affected and she hasn't figured out what's going on yet. And she figures it out when Hank all of a sudden sees himself in a mirror across the way and walks through everyone is just singing to himself again. <laughs> I mean, it was it was awesome. It really was done well. That part, yes. Um but the rest of it, I don't know. Um, the the name of the curse was Amore di Inferne. Yes, literally Amore Latin Inferne. for burn in love. Um, I think that this is how they decided they were going to address the Eve slash Nick relationship issue. Where <sighs> Nick is completely in love with and, and devoted to Adeline. And or they didn't have to. Thank you but I feel like they wanted to for some reason. And so even though everyone kind of falls for each other, like they're drugged to, once once they're not drugged anymore and they realize what's happened, it's like they're like, whew, I'm glad that's over because we really love each other that we're supposed to love. Like, you know, Nick and Adeline yeah. and Ro and then Hank and, and Wu and Eve back to being single and lonely. Um, God, the Hank thing was hilarious. I was laughing out loud legitimately from that. So – in past episodes of Grimm, yeah. when there were curses like this that yeah. people underwent, like remember when uh, way back when Adeline baked those cookies and uh, Hank ate too many of them, and he yes. was like, it, it stretched out over several episodes. Yes, and there were serious dramatic effects, and, and them trying to figure out cures and stuff. Yep. And in this one, it was just like or, it was all resolved. He got. When Wu got, um, remember when Wu got poisoned or he ate something or something happened like yep. that, and then he slowly had those issues where he thought he was going crazy. Yep. And yeah, same thing. So they treated them much more seriously. In this one, it was wrapped up by the end of the episode, and in the simplest way, yeah. oh, the only way to break the spell is to kill him. Adeline even says that, like tongue in cheek. She's like, "Well, there's only one way that spell could have ended. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. In the worst. I mean, I know it's their last season." But could yeah. they not afford a shot of like a cliffside and yeah, that was throw bad. a ragdoll off it? This that was the CG worst was bad. blue screen guy laying on his back with his legs and arms up in the air like a bug going, ah! Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. It was beyond bad, dude. Do you want to talk about the B story in this episode? Skip over it. I want to, if only for the fact that I looked at it and at first I was angry and then I went, you know what? It makes sense because yep. it's something that we would have argued. So, yep. so the B story in this is that, of course, you know, they're going away on this lover's vacation, whatever. God, still such a stupid idea. And, and hold on. Can we just say his idea to punish the cop that put away his father was to kill all of his friends by poisoning them with this stuff so that they would kill each other? This was his plan was to – He's going to get Burkhart back. Yeah. By getting all of his dad. friends killed. Anyway, yeah. so what do you do with the little Mary Sue there? Diana. Well, they gave her back to dad. You know, oh, you're going to be with your daddy. And Diana starts off, you know, right off. Oh, I'm going to make pancakes and French toast. And nah, 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 nah. No, well, cookies and pancakes. Yes, that's right. How many cookies <sighs> do you want for? Uh-huh. When she says that, because she says it all the time. Yeah. That little boy, like uh -huh. that vocalizzy. Uh-huh. 
I, I don't know. This, this girl's voice is just. I think <laughs> this actress, this little girl who's playing Diana, her voice is just awful. So horribly tedious. Yes. It's just, yeah. So horrendous. Basically, Renard's grilling her subtly as a parent would about um, what she's drawing. And she's like, Mommy told me I can't tell you about it. So he's like, Trying to find out about this star chart that she well, saw. Now I must know. And he wanders off into the other room because he's got somebody delivering a tree at his front door. Doesn't Clearly a distraction. It. Clearly yeah, a distraction. Yeah, and he doesn't question it. Meanwhile, um, someone sneaks in the back door and I guess chloroforms Diana, knocks her out, uh, takes her apparently. away. Yeah. And Renard gets a call, and it's that police officer who he promised the station to. And the yep. police officer is like, you won't get your daughter back unless you give me the station. And at first, like in every TV show ever, Renard's like, oh, I swear to God. And then the light bulb goes off. And this was the part that I said, somebody on this writing staff actually thought this out. Yeah. I love it. Because he suddenly remembered what all the rest of us would have been groaning into our hands about. Wait, my daughter is an evil genius and she can do anything. I'm just going to let her fuck with that guy and mess with him all this yeah. time until he gives up. So he basically hangs up on the guy and goes back to read. He, he grabs a he cookie, grabs and, a cookie and walks off. Yeah. And sure enough, Diana wakes up and she's like, she just starts wailing on the guy, you know, oh, she's like, I want to go home, please. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. But I said, please. <laughs> and he vogues. I don't care what you said. And then she's like, Huh. And then her eyes light up and throws him across the room. She's causing yeah. damage to him to the point where he's like hiding under the stairs somewhere and calls up Renard and he's like, take her back. Get me out of here. Save me. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I got some stuff to do. I'll come over eventually. So yeah. he actually did the smart thing. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of funny when the guy's on the phone in a panic and you hear, you see Diana, like, see him, just, that's not a very good hiding place. <laughs> I found you. And yeah. then it cuts back to Renard, and then you just hear the guy screaming again. Yep. And then eventually he does show up, and she's like, well, that was a fun play date, Daddy. Can we play again? Oh, yeah, maybe we like, can. Can I stay a little longer? No, I think you've had enough fun with him today, don't you, officer? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was actually done pretty well. It was. Again, it's the type of thing that we would have been complaining about on here. You know, why are you trying to rescue your daughter? Why are you so worried? The girl can do anything. She could kick this guy's ass. Yeah. He had that thought. And he went, oh, you know what? Have fun with her, buddy. <laughs> <sighs> Did you watch Big Bang this week? I didn't. No. I like that show less and less every week. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. This one, the main story was that um, Raj decided to be his own man, I think. And so, oh, Jesus, again. So he told his dad he didn't want an allowance anymore. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's not a great show these days. I'm not enjoying it. It's not super fun. Yeah. I don't even really want to talk about it. Fair enough. So I caught up on Emerald City. Yes. And I don't have individual notes per episode. You've talked about the previous episodes before, and and uh, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> okay, so the show was weird to me, yep. okay, because it does just enough each episode to kind of suck me in a little. Yep. But not enough to make me go, man, I love this show. Yep. I hear um, 
you know, like, all right, yeah, so we do get into the backstory of how the wizard came there. He somehow knew about the land, and he was smarter than everyone thinks, and he booby-trapped this experiment to bring them there. Yeah. How did he find out about the land? Okay. And then we find out that Jane, the girl that fixed uh, the Tin Man, Jack, yep, um, was one of the doctors that got sucked in there. Yep. And then that uh, Dorothy's mother was the other one. Freeman, and then her dad was the guy that got killed. So we know who her parents are. So the wizard's not her dad, right? Um, so we know all that. Um, the wizard, obviously, for whatever reason, he loves science is better than magic, and he hates magic, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I think it's because he can't do magic. Well, but he goes to this land where there's magic, and he well, he. His plan is to rule with his little science trickery until he learns his magic there. Then he's just like, F that crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that seems to be the reaction that the wizard has. Oh, and we, I think we meet that guy's wife. Remember the, the Munchkin land? Okay, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. The Munchkin land ruler who's like, you're going to free my wife in that episode. From and the then prison of the abject. Yeah, and – we, I think we finally meet her in that ep- in this episode in the, in the flashback. Yeah, yes, where she sings and makes the little rock man out of the rocks. Yep, that's why and she got put in the prison of the abject. Yep. So, a couple of notes I did make. Um, okay, so the queen is totally jacking Jack off. <laughs> I told you it was one of the most interesting hand job scenes you've seen. I mean, like legitimately, she's oiling his parts, and then she is. Stroking him off. He, he even says, like, you no. know, don't yeah. go into my nether regions or something like that. You know, not where you wouldn't belong. Give me your word as a lady. And she's like, I give you my word as a lady. And then she starts doing it. He's like, ha, ha, ha. She's like, then, but I'm not a lady. I'm a queen. Then she blue balls him. Yeah, she does. What a dick. Um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, we still don't know why she wears masks. I thought we were going to find that out eventually, but we haven't yet. Nope. And in the most recent episode, you can see enough of her face under the mask to see that she's not hideous. She's not deformed. Yeah. There's yeah. no scars. Right, but not anything – I don't know. Um, so, yeah. And then Lucas's apparently name is like Rowan, and Rowan. he's married to Glenda. Yep. And she put a spell on him to block all his knowledge of her. And – uh Sylvie is a witch child. Yep. And there's a bunch more of them. And uh, apparently the South, the witch of the South is the only one that can make them, but she's supposed to be dead. And the uh, witch of the West finds us out, and she's like, bullshit. You're yeah. not going to keep my mom from me. That's right. But I did finally realize that she got covered in water in one of these episodes, so that's not going to kill her like it did in the movie. <laughs> I, I assumed that as much. Um Although, yeah. if you'll remember in, like, her flashbacks and what they talked about, the beast forever, the last time it came, was a giant flood. So yeah. there, the witches were washed away, water yes. killed them, etc. We saw that. Um, the, the the wizard gets the gun from Dorothy. Mm-hmm. After he tricks him to giving her a bullet, he gets the gun from her and then gives it to the queen, the new queen there. Queen Ev. Queen of Queen Ev. Ev. And, uh... So she, so her guys can make guns. Yep. And then the cliffhanger we're left to believe is that they've turned the guns on the wizard. Right. And that they made those uh, fast, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And uh, in fact, the fact that he gave her a handgun and they made rifles. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then Tip drank the Queen of the East. 
I don't know, magic from her, her spells, her spells. And then we believe to be died. And the witch of the West was really way up more upset than I, I thought she'd be. I didn't realize she got so emotionally attached to her. I think she's tired of seeing people around her die. And she knows yeah. that now her mother's still alive, but all these yeah. girls are being bred just so they can go die while fighting the wizard. And so she's just yeah. tired of all the death. Plus she's a druggie. So yeah, yeah, that's true. And they're, they're drama, they're drama queens. Plus excessive emotions, you know, yeah. heightened. But at first we think Tip is dead, but then we realize it works. And Tip is actually maybe the true heir to Oz. Yes, the baby Osmond. of the king and queen of Oz who were killed by the cowardly lion. Yes, I saw how they tied that in finally. Yep. So, again, each episode does enough to make me want to watch it. But I have to be in the right mood and frame of mind to watch it to begin with. Yep. It's kind of weird. Like, I actually enjoyed having three episodes back-to-back to watch. Yes. Like, I felt I felt binge-watching was a lot more gratifying than just watching one. Yeah, at one point um, I had two to go back-to-back, and it was more yeah. enjoyable that way. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird show. I definitely don't dislike it. I'm not saying I love it, but it's doing enough to keep me keep me going. Yeah. And we've got two episodes left, so they've got to have some kind of plan to both wrap it up and... Oh. Is that the double episode next week then or something? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, I knew there was something else that was. Yes, now that you mention it, that is going to be a double episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause they, yeah, they did a two-episode debut, and then they're going to do... Isn't it? Yeah, two. I'm pretty sure you're I right. Think so. I don't know. You know, at this point, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they're only doing ten episodes, though, right? Uh, yes. All right, so... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, 10 episodes is good. Hold on, I'm just double checking your math here. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm, season 1. Yep, 10 episodes. Oh, no, it's not going to be a double episode. Because February oh. 24th will be the villain that's become, and March 3rd will be No Place Like Home. Oh, oh I wonder what that one's about. <laughs> Now, is this a television event or is this a series? It, it's billed as a series. Okay. Because that wording makes a difference. Yeah, oh, it sure does. Well, it does, but at the same time it doesn't because we've seen shows that were supposed to be a series that were turned yep. into events and vice versa. Fair enough. Um, but that's it for TV shows for me this week that I watched. Okay, I've still got a couple others, but like... uh you know, Bull was another good episode. Um, yep. This one had to do with uh, classified documents. You know, okay. basically a uh, a woman in the army who leaked a classified document because she was concerned that she went up the chain of command and civilians were dying in exercises. And she went up the chain of command and they were like, we don't care. So she leaked the document to an online news source and... She was being tried for treason and, you know, betraying her country. So it was, it was a good episode. It, it's a, it's a, it's a Snowden type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it explained a few more things to me, which was kind of nice. Obviously, it's not just trying to teach you lessons, but I picked up on a few more things like the Espionage Act and stuff like that. So I did enjoy that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Magicians is continuing to be a really good show this season. 
I'm really, really enjoying it. I, there's a lot, as I've mentioned before, that has to do with sex and sexuality in it, but it's a sci-fi show, so it's not, you can't see any of that stuff. They just kind of talk about it and there's like, it's alluded to and cameras cut away and stuff like that. But it's still, the one thing that I give them credit for is that in a lot of shows about magic or wizards or stuff like that, you know, there's just like somebody might fling a wand or put their hand up in the air and cast spells. This show, they go out of their way to be very intricate and very in-depth. Like if they have a spell, like one of the guys was explaining a spell to this guy to, you know, make your arrow fly more straight. And he's like, okay, you know, make a, make a this with your hand, like in this exercise and so he has to get his hand just right, and he's like, now cross your index and your ring finger together, and then take your thumb and draw a line down the meridian of your hand, and that completes the spell. They get very intricate with how the hand gestures will do the spells. It's almost like watching somebody do, like, um, American Sign Language mixed with interpretive dance. Okay. So I really give them credit for that. Obviously, somebody in the writer's room takes the time to say, okay, we're going to be doing this spell. This is the choreography for it. You know, you're going to move your hands like this, this, this. It, I like it. I really like that aspect of it. But anyway. Um, Leech, you said you didn't watch the second episode. It was good. No. Yeah? Yeah. Um, the Those two people that broke him out, there was the black-haired girl and the black guy. Yep. And the black guy's power is memories. Like, he can invade your memories, he can let you watch memories, and you can actually alter memories. Okay. So, he was taking um, David inside of his memories so they could trace back and see, you know, what could have brought him to this point. And it was neat, too, because at one point he was having a memory of him and his sister running through a field and having fun as kids. And he's like, oh, my God, I wish I could just reach out and talk to them. And he's like, well, you can, but I wouldn't suggest it because then it'll change the memory forever. So that was kind of neat. So um, uh, the guys were kind of talking about it in a chat group here, and Martin said, I think I really liked it, but it was so odd I can't tell yet. Yep. He's talking about the show in general, right? He's talking about the show in general, yep. yeah. Well, actually, he said the second episode. Okay. Oh, no. He's, he was talking about the show in general. And then Ronnie said, I like it if you go into it knowing it has nothing to do with X-Men or the comic books. Interesting. That was Ronnie's take on it so far. He, I'm sure he so, means that it's you know it's not following the exact story of Xavier's right. child. Honestly, for me, I don't know a whole lot about Legion. I don't. I didn't read a lot about him in the comics. I, I just, and if I did when I was younger, I just don't remember. So for me, I'm just kind of going into the show knowing it's X Men related. You know, right? Uh, it's comic book related. Um. So, I, I mean, you know, the show's on Hulu, for those of you who don't know. So I'm going to try and watch the second episode. Uh, I'll have the second and the third episode before we talk next week. I think it's only eight episodes or something, right? It's short Yeah, it's run. something short. A lot of yeah, FX's so, shows are like that. Yeah, yeah. So, real quick, while we're talking about FX, have you, did you see that they released what the storyline is for the next season of American Horror Story? No. Oh, fuck. Okay, sorry. It's, uh, it's going to be based on the 2016 election. Seriously, like I thought I, that was a I joke thought it was a the joke. First time I saw it, yeah, but no, I've I've read it so many different times, and I haven't seen anything saying it's not a joke yet. It's first off, it's too soon. Yep, 
And second off, it's too soon. The hell yep. is wrong with Ryan Murphy? Yep. How is he going to get an American horror story out of that? I don't know. Oh, I'm glad I don't watch it now. Holy yep. God. Yep. So anyhow, I'm, yeah. I'm, that was my news on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the second episode of Legion, definitely watch it. It's definitely yeah. worthwhile. Plan um, on it. Yep. And the only other one that I watched this week for shows was uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Next week is the two-part season finale. They've gotten renewed for a fourth season. It just keeps you coming back. There's always some kind of mystery and finding out what happened. And I like how they show things in reverse. You know, you get to yep. see the death of somebody, and then through flashbacks that are way better than Arrow, you get to see <laughs> the events that led up to it. Well, Arrow's flashbacks at this point are like, how can we help from the storyline this week? That's the biggest problem with Arrow's flashbacks. It's like they don't have a storyline in place. It's just gotten very convoluted. Yep. It felt like the first season, they felt good. They felt fresh. It would made sense. You and know? We loved it. I remember talking about that. I remember, yeah. That this was a, such a great idea for a TV show. Yep. It, instead of just showing them on the island, they show it in flashbacks. It's wonderful. It's so good. Yep. Now, it, no. Now it's terrible. This has gotten so convoluted. The second he left the island. Mm-hmm. And then came back to, you know, Star City and, and then went back to his, uh, and he hasn't even gotten back to the island yet. And do you notice in like the first three or four seasons, he would say, uh, my name is Oliver Queen after spending five years on an island by myself, blah, 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 blah. Now yeah. he's like, after five years of hell. Yeah. Cause they realized they painted themselves into a corner because uh, he got he off didn't the island in five years. One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stupid. Yeah, really stupid. <sighs> I did watch a movie this week. Excellent. What did you watch this week? I watched uh, – it's on Netflix. It's called Call of Heroes. It's a uh, 2016 Hong Kong action flick starring a bunch of guys I've never heard of. Um, action choreography is done by Sammo Hung, who I do know. Uh, Benny Chen directed it, who I do know. And I've tried to find a written synopsis that summarizes the movie in a great way, and I can't. Netflix okay. says – Aided by a determined lawman, a vagabond warrior, villagers unite to protect their land from a strong man and his thugs during China's warlord era. And that's kind of I, – I guess that's – I don't know. Basically, the long and the short of it's this. There's a big bad bad guy who's like a sociopath and he has a big army that does what he wants and does everything he says even when they know it's wrong. And he wants to take over this small village. And you have the village sheriff and a drifter and some other people, and they want to stop them. And there's lots of martial arts and fighting. It's a pretty good story. It's a good story, uh, good action, but you got to want to be able to watch it. Uh, there's no English, only English subtitles. It's in Mandarin, so you're going to have to watch it in Cantonese, that is, with English subtitles. Um, I thought it was a good movie, good story. I really enjoyed the action. There's some great fight scenes. Um, really sadistic, sociopathic, like bad guy leader, um, who literally does whatever the heck he wants. It does take place, I don't know, like 1920s or 1910s or whatever, somewhere on that time frame. Uh, there's no, like, there's no vehicles. It's all horse and buggies and, um, a lot of sword action in it. Uh, very few guns, but there are guns. 
but mostly sword play and everything. Um, good stuff. I, I recommend it. If you like uh, Hong Kong action flicks and you don't mind watching a subtitled movie, I guess I'm talking to Aaron on this one. That I, <laughs> um, I would highly recommend it. I actually gave it the, the – uh, I hit the five stars on Netflix because I want to see what it does for recommendations, but I would truly give it four. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Good good flick. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. A, a solid spending of time. Oh, yeah. It's it's like two hours long, and it was well worth it. Like, I, I enjoyed it because, like, like, when you watch a normal movie, you can just have it on and do something else, mess around on the internet, watch your phone, this or that or whatever. But when you're watching a subtitle flick, you really have to sit and watch the movie. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah, I liked it a lot. What movie did you watch? Bear with me on this. Okay. Don't take a drink right now because you may spit it out. All right. I watched Split. What the fuck for? Because of a couple of things. Was it a girl? Uh, well, kind of. See, thing number one is the fact that I started seeing really good reviews of it. And I thought, well, people are dumb. It's M. Night yep. Shyamalan. He's made nothing but crap recently. recently. And then, and then I started seeing like legitimate sources that I consider the opinion of fairly highly giving it good reviews and talking about it in positive lights. And I said, well, I don't know. It's Shyamalan. He's a jerk. Yeah. And then I started seeing some of my friends talking about it and how they really liked it. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. There might be something to this. So then my friend Kelly said, oh, my God, I love this movie. You've got to watch this movie. I loved it so much I would go see it in theaters again. And I thought. There could be I know to I this. don't know Kelly personally, but she seems like a level-headed, nice person who's got a good head on her shoulders. Yep. Until and, now, and, and <laughs> we we tend to have very similar uh, tastes in movies and TV shows. Yeah. So then she asked me the other day. She said, "Look, how about Sunday we go see a movie? You can pick one." And honestly, I almost picked the Lego Batman movie. I really want to see the Lego Batman movie, but I thought, yep. nope. I've got a gift card to Regal, so it's not going to cost me a penny. I'll go. I will check this out for the sake of my curiosity. Okay. You know, it, it was going to be free, basically, because somebody else gave yep. me the gift card. And right. she wanted to go, and I said, all right, we'll do this thing. The movie's really fucking good. Really? Uh, honestly. Like, that's not me saying, oh, I've got to agree with everybody else. It was really good. Like, unlike all of Shyamalan's other garbage, this one didn't get weird. Like, this was not The Village. This was not Signs. This was not Lady in the Water or whatever. It was good. I mean, if you had, if you had just said, I want you to sit down and watch this movie. It's called Split, and it's about a guy who has dissociative identity disorder. If you had just sat me down and made me watch this and then said afterwards, okay, who do you think directed it? Never in a million years would I have said M. Night Shyamalan, except for um, the post credit scene, which is not really post credits, but it's after the movie ends and they put up the title of the movie and then they have a second scene. That's the only reason I would have said, oh, it might be M. Night Shyamalan. But if you had just showed me the movie in its entirety, never in a million years would I have guessed Shyamalan. Huh. 
It did not feel like one of his movies. It was good. It was suspenseful. It was not like stupidly supernatural. There was a scene in it that was a little ridiculous. Both of us agreed afterwards that it really could have done without that. Um, but it was a good look at a twisted mind, um, dissociative identity disorder. Uh, without giving too much away and knowing that everybody's seen enough trailers for this to know what's going on, you know, guy kidnaps three girls in a parking lot and takes them and locks them underground and won't say why, but he has 23 different personalities living inside of his head. And as the movie goes on, uh, one of the main characters that is external to this plot is the uh, shrink that he's been working with over the years. And she's been presenting him or, you know, the workings of his brain to certain other groups out there because it's true, even to this day, dissociative identity disorder is very controversial. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people out there who think it doesn't exist, that people are faking, etc. A lot of people who stand by the fact that it is true and, and they're not faking. So it's still very highly controversial. So, you know, this woman was trying to say, I've met, you know, 23 different alters and they really, like, they had good terminology for it. It was very enjoyable to watch James McAvoy jump between the different characters. Um, each one of them, like, you could tell who he was channeling at the time. And granted, there's 23, but you only get to meet, like, five of them yeah. in the entire movie, five or six. Uh, but you could really tell who he was just by, like, how he would dress and how he would present himself and how he would speak. Um, Hedwig, the nine-year-old, was funny because he liked to use the word etc. You know, he'd be like, you, you're going to get me in trouble, etc. Like a kid who learned a word and, you know, uses it yeah. all the time because they finally learned a new word. I really enjoyed it. I mean, genuinely, I really enjoyed this movie. It didn't feel like typical M. Night Shyamalan fare. It felt yep. like a good, suspenseful movie. Like, I kept drawing parallels. It's kind of what I had hoped uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane would be along the lines of. You know, a real, genuine, suspenseful, thrilling, trapped underground kind of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was creepy, but not overly creepy. Um, I really liked it. I can't wow, get over it. I'm so surprised to hear you say I this. am, too. I think when it comes out, we should sit down and watch it together. It's like me talking about the new Blair Witch movie. Yeah. I was shocked exactly. to hear myself say how much I liked it. Exactly. I, I, mm. You know me. I'm less of a Shyamalan fan than you are. I will mm-hmm. spit when I hear the guy's name most times. And God damn it, I like this movie. Wow. And, and the post credit scene is definitely a thumbs up from me. I've seen some people didn't like it. Some people did. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it right now. Yep. But mm. – it, it was definitely a thumbs up from me, and uh, I, yeah, I think when it comes out, you and I should have a viewing of this, so that I could see if you agree, disagree, etc. Hmm. I'm dead serious, though. I mean, just like you're right, it's just like you with the new Blair Witch. I don't know why, but it didn't feel like him, and it was really good. Do you keep saying that? I know. And I, I want to believe you. 
I wanted to believe you about Blair Witch. Yeah. Wow. But, but right. that's the thing, too, is, like I said, a lot of people have really liked it. And, again, I wanted to be the exception. You know, I hated 10 Cloverfield Lane when everybody else seemed to like it. But with this one, I really liked it. And it could also be McAvoy. He did a really good job. All right, well, I'll take your word for it. And I value and trust your word. Your opinion means a lot to me about uh, things, so I, I, I'll take your word for it. Um, I'm a little, little surprised. I hear you saying it. Honestly, I was too. For it. I'm probably more surprised than you are. Cause I still, like, I got done with the movie and I'm sitting yeah. here in the theater and she's like, what'd you think? It was good, right? It was great. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like trying to play it cool, but I'm thinking this movie was really good. And I, I, I mean, I went, up there, we had an argument over M. Night Shyamalan because that was the other thing. Like, she liked some of his work. She's like, I loved Signs. I'm like, it was garbage. Was She's terrible. like, I loved Lady in the Water because it was like a bedtime story and it was like horrible. different pieces of a bedtime story. And I'm like, no, no, it was garbage. The kid with the one arm that was like bigger than the other ones, ridiculous, stupid. And I told her about our conversation where the village when we went, we sat down at the theater, and in the opening scene when they're having the funeral, I leaned over and went, hey, I'll bet you the twist is that they're not really back in the 1800s and that this is modern day and that they've secluded themselves for some unknown reason. And you were like, dude, they got the, the date on the gravestone right there. That can't be right. And then at the end, it was like, holy crap, you were yeah, right. That's exactly what it was. Because and I think the re- and when realization sank in about halfway through. That- yeah. Frank, that's exactly what it is. It was almost disappointing. I looked over at you and I'm like, why are we watching this then? And you're like, oh, because we paid money. Pretty All much, right. yeah. 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 Haven't walked out on a movie ever. Closest Neither we ever came was Cabin Fever. That was so close, too. So close. Like, legitimately close. That was very close. Pancakes! Oh, Jesus. <sighs> So moving on, yeah, uh, I watched I watched three movies, kinda. That uh, one was a documentary, but I watched three things I'd watched before. But as I worked the other night, and I was all caught up for the time being for shows that I had to watch, and I noticed that on Hulu they had Iron Man two thousand eight on there, and I haven't watched that in so long. The one that kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the one that kicked everything off, and I was like, I need to watch this again to see if it's as good as I remember. It really is. <laughs> Excellent. I was just going to ask if it held up. I'm just going to say it really is. And then after that, I was all gung-ho. So I went over to Netflix and I kicked on Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Nice. Man, I'll tell you, the one thing that still comes away from that movie that I love so much is, A, Chris Evans is Captain America. Yep. Period. Like, he is. But the Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man in that movie is the, like, I love, I, I like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. Yep. I, I truly enjoyed them. I actually, I really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man in the two movies he did. I sure did I thought, too. I thought those were done really well. But this just makes me even more excited to watch Homecoming this, this summer because it's like, I feel like they actually finally really got Spider-Man right, right. Like this kid as Spider-Man, I mean, everything about it. You get the word right Everything there, about kid. Him. Yeah. Yes, this kid as Spider-Man. He's not I a grown man trying to play a 17-year-old. Nope. It's a kid playing a kid, and just from his voice, how he acts, how he's amazed by everything, like, it's... it's. They gave him a Brooklyn accent. 
Come on. It's Spider-Man. I love the fact, like, where are you from? I'm from Queens. Oh, from Brooklyn. He walks away. And then later in the post-credit scene or in the mid-credit scene, whatever. Um, oh, it is the post-credit scene. You know, like, uh, May's like, what happened? Oh, I got in a fight with this guy named Steve. <laughs> from Bro- You don't know him. It's a guy named Steve. He's from Brooklyn. But you should see his friend, and he was really big. You know, I mean, like, I just, everything about it was just great. Yes. It was done so well. I like, uh, you guys see that really old movie, that one, Empire Strikes Back, where they do the thing with the walking thing? <laughs> Tony, how old is this kid? Oh, he's on the young side, all right? <laughs> you know, I just. Yep. It's just, it was great, you know, and that movie in itself is just so good. The humor levels that are in it, which make, I mean, it's a very high intensity you know, dramatic film with some high stakes going on, some great storytelling on, and at the same time, they can squeeze in the humor. Yes. The humor of, like, Falcon and Bucky basically fighting over who's Steve's best friend. <laughs> yep. You know, yeah. like... Can you slide your seat forward? No. No. Yeah, and he moves over. And then, or even, like, after they get done fighting with Spider-Man, and then Falcon's little, uh, whatever it's called, buddy, right? Fred something, Red or whatever. Wing. Red Wing, you know, flies away and they're laying down there and they're webbed to the ground and Bucky just goes, couldn't have done that sooner. <laughs> you know, I hate you. I don't know, just so much about it. Like, I don't know how many fights you've been in, kid, but there's usually not this much talking, right? I just, like, I don't know. <laughs> there's just so much great about that movie. Um, yes. I, I just, I truly enjoy it. Uh, and then the other one that I watched, I watched this one kind of broken up over a couple of days, uh, was... Uh, so on Netflix still, the documentary, the awesome, awesome documentary, Man vs. Snake, the story of Nibbler. I've got to watch that. I bought you the DVD. Yeah, you did. That's why I reminded myself i got to watch that. Yeah, I bought you the DVD. Um, that's a great flick. You know, that and uh, King of the Kong, Fistful of Quarters. Yep. Those, those two documentaries about those classic arcade games are fantastic. Um and then there's another one on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, it's the one about the E.T. Atari game, the, you know, the rumor that they buried oh, them all God. in the ground. Which is That's true. A, yep. Yeah, actually, it is. And that is a great documentary as well. Fantastic. So nice. you should check those out. I'll agree. Yeah. I got a couple quick news items. Okay. Um, one, uh, Donnie Yen is pushing to want to play uh, Namor. In the Marvel movies. Oh, I could see and that. I could totally see that. Oh, yeah. And he's already he kind of got an in there. You know, he was yep. just in Rogue One. Yep. Yep. And he's in great shape. And I think you could totally pull it off. Disney, Marvel, you know, they're kind of <laughs> hand in hand right now. Absolutely they are. And then the other news item is not really a news item. It's kind of a little preview trailer. It's kind of a news item. There's not really a whole lot out there right now. But uh, did you see uh, the trailer for Castle Rock? Yes. I was going to talk about that as well. <laughs> well, go ahead, sir. Uh, Castle Rock was recently announced by uh, Bad Robot tweeting out a thing asking, what is the hoax in the forest? And it's going to be a teaming of the creative genius of Stephen King and J.J. Abrams. Uh, A lot of people are likening it to the magic that appeared from Stranger Things. And I don't know that I would... I get what they're doing there, you know, trying to say, hey, if you love Stranger Things, you're going to love our new Hulu series. I get that, but, you know, you're already saying, hey, this is... 
J.J. Abrams and Stephen King, and it's Castle Rock, and it's going to be based around the works of Stephen King and the fact that Castle Rock has appeared in most of his best works. But let's let's also let's real quick. It's not just based on his works. He's involved. Yeah. Stephen King's actually involved in this series, which is. Not like like other like Haven was based on the works of Stephen King barely. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. I think I've gone into that before on this show. Yep. Yeah, well, well, that'll be in the clip episode. Anyways, <laughs> full circle. So, yes. uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's involved in this, and if you watch the trailer, the trailer basically as it the timeline goes, it cuts to all these different it doesn't like have the title of the movies it has characters names yep. and you hear a little clip and I can't tell if that clip is from the original movie or something new so it's somehow going to involve either shorter versions of his movies or uh, other stories with those same characters or something like that from his previous works I, you know they haven't really gotten into that nope. um Another teaser I saw was like, well, maybe it's all these characters in the same universe at the same time. Which is basically what the Dark Tower was doing. Right. Um, Not really in the same universe, but, you know, it kind of tied together all of his works. But I don't know. All I know is that it looks – it sounds – I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm super excited. I saw that – show up on my newsfeed right before I went into uh, Split. And I was like, oh, God, i got to talk to somebody about this, but I'm seeing the movie right now, so. <laughs> yeah, I saw it last night, um, Saturday night, that is, uh, at some point. And while I was at work, it, I was flipping through, and I saw it pop up, and I was like, oh, sweet. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that. Me too. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I had two other pieces of news to add to this list. Um, One of them is, I don't know if you'd heard about this, but they talked about how they were going to, they're creating a Castlevania TV show. Oh, I heard something about that. Like 10 episodes or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because the Castlevania games themselves, they all follow the Belmont family line over different generations. So I feel like the TV series could easily be done because it's not tied. Like, Tomb Raider follows Lara Croft, period. Yeah. You know, but Castlevania, you know, there's been Simon Belmont, Trevor Belmont. I mean, there's been Belmonts all throughout the years. They're Richter, you know, and then there were even games that were based around Dracula's son, Alucard, which is just Dracula backwards. And, um, some other more anime-ish ones in the more recent times. But anyway, they could do that, you know. I think yep. they could make it work. But the the twist on that is that one of the people that's working on that, Adi Shankar, mm-hmm. uh, went on the record recently telling Polygon that he is shopping around an R-rated Power Rangers reboot. He's already got it planned out. He's writing the script right now. He wants it to be a very R-rated, dark reimagining of the first three seasons. And no network has picked it up. There's no word on whether or not he has Saban's blessing, uh, but he's trying to get Netflix to sign off on this thing. Hmm. I'm kind of interested in that. Why would he push on purpose for an R rating? Did you ever see that he... little fan-made movie? Yeah, I, with uh, Katie Sackhoff yeah. and others. Yeah. Uh, Dawson. That was really good. It was really good. And I think that that it's was something... really good. I think it's something that every fan 
has thought of at some point. You know, what if it wasn't so childish and cartoony? I think that it's an avenue that people have looked at. You know, you see that with a lot of kids shows when people might say, boy, this would be really good if it was like an adult version of this. And then you get some shows that kind of cross the boundaries. You know, Ren and Stimpy was always billed as a kids show, but it was definitely not a kids show. Very true. So I feel like it's that kind of thing where they look at it and they say, this is so popular, but what if we had a more grown up version and not necessarily just like sex and drugs and rock and roll, but you know, with blood and real risk of life and limb. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you bring up that fan movie, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's anything like that, I could see where the appeal would be. But I'm hoping that that's going to develop more and it won't just like suddenly show up. Oh, by the way, that's been shut down because Saban said, go F yourself. Could be though. Um, yeah. The last thing though, and this is, you've probably read about this, uh, but there's a rumor going around and it's a rumor. It's supposed to be taken with a grain of salt. However, the person that reported it said that he has at least three credible sources close to this that uh, Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Yeah, what the, what's up with that? So the, the way I understand it, and I may get corrected by this, I tried to do as much research on it as I could because there is a lot of speculation. The first thing is that he said... I don't want to direct Batman anymore. He basically gave a very political and nice answer, said, this is a awesome character that deserves respect and, you know, commitment to the role. And it would just be too much for me to try to direct and act at the same time. So I'm stepping out of directing and they tapped a guy named Matt Reeves to be the director. Um, he's doing something else right now. Oh, uh, the latest Planet of the Apes movie. Okay. Within a week, Reeves walked away. And the only thing that they've said is he may come back after Planet of the Apes and after uh, Cooler Heads Prevail. So in other words, there was something that was not amicable about the split. So as of right now, there's no director for the Batman movie. Um, the speculation is that the most recent Ben Affleck movie, that Live by Night, the one about Prohibition era, etc. Yeah, tanked hardcore at the box office, and Affleck directed and acted in that one. Yep. So people were speculating that his confidence was shaken when he directed and acted as the star, and it tanked so bad that it probably made him say, "Oh wait, I'm not that good." I never watched the movie. I have no idea, but that's the speculation. Then this other guy who reported this said that he has three different sources close to Warner Brothers who have said that Ben wants out. He's talking to Warner Brothers about getting out of playing Batman. And if he can't get out of it, then the solo Batman movie would be his last run as Batman, which I would have thought they had him locked in for Justice League. Yes, you would think, because doesn't Justice League come out like next year or something? I think it's a little further than that. No. Maybe. Maybe it was that Justice League comes out and then the solo Batman movie. So they're saying that, you know, he'll do Justice League and solo Batman and then he's done. Um, regardless. Well, that's four movies as the character. It's not like that was one and done. Right. Right. Um, 
it's too bad. I mean, I think we all agreed that one of the only really good graces of Batman vs. Superman was Affleck's portrayal of Batman. I actually didn't. I did enjoy it, yeah. But, yeah, dude, Justice League comes out this year, November 17th, 2017. Just, just saying. That seems off, doesn't it? Don't you think well, we would have seen more of it by now? I, I don't... I, I don't know. Thor comes out. We haven't seen much of that, so. That's true. We haven't seen hardly anything of Thor. I don't think we've seen a teaser trailer for Thor yet, have we? No, we haven't. I'll bet you when Spider-Man comes out. Maybe even Logan. Probably not Logan, but Spider-Man. Yeah. But Ben Affleck is Batman, and he reveals, yeah, so he's, yeah, you know, we have seen a Justice League trailer, a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I actually thought it looked good. So he's definitely playing Batman in that. It would be the solo Batman movie would be his last. But that's still four movies with him as Batman. Yep. But if they want to keep the continuity great or have him in the sequel, but the sequel is scheduled for June 14th, 2019, but has since been delayed to accommodate the release of the standalone Batman film. Gotcha. See, yeah. and again, I hate to draw this comparison, but... If you want to draw the comparison, look at Marvel versus DC. You know, Robert Downey Jr. has been playing Tony Stark since the first Iron Man. So that's three Iron Man, two Avengers, um, and then three his Iron Man, two Avengers, Captain America, Civil War. Yep. And, and then all of his varied cameos, et cetera, in there. Yeah. The first Iron Man was what, 2008? 2008. So that's been nine years. Mm-hmm. As Iron Man, and he's, he's kind of the glue. Down. He's the glue, really. Yeah, and you you don't hear about him being like, "No, I'm done. I don't want to do this." Yeah. So the only like change of characters they had was Colonel Ross or General Ross or whatever, right? Yeah. And then um, Rhodey. Yes. From Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle, because Terrence Howard's a douche. Which I thought was hilarious watching the first Iron Man and Terrence Howard looks over at the, the prototype Iron Man suit and he goes, next time, baby, and walks off. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Not for you. That's right. And, so, uh, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Incredible Hulk. Well, yeah. So, well, we're not even counting Ang Lee's version. We're just no, we're not. That's I don't even think that's counted in the in the, the universe. Actually, no, yeah. they consider that outside the scope. So all they count yeah. is Edward Norton, and then. But Mark Ruffalo has really made the character his own so much. I yep. really wish they would do another standalone Hulk movie. Yeah. But they can't kind of now. It's like they've gone too far. They can't do a standalone without having it take place back. You know what I mean? Yep. So. Oh, well. It is what it is. It is. It certainly is. But. Uh, you got anything else? Nope. I think that's about it for me. Okay, well, geez, we turned out a two-hour-plus episode, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. It's probably it's that that 15-minute laugh fest talking about Celebrity Jeopardy really <laughs> extended this uh, episode so a little bit. worth it. Yeah, it really was. Seriously, Google it. YouTube it. SNL Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> Even if you have seen it before, go back and rewatch it. <sighs> Just watch it again. I'm probably going to watch a couple when we get done. Absolutely, me too. Hey, oh, cool. Well, if you don't have anything else, and I don't have anything else. Anybody out there got anything else? Okay, then. 
All right. Well, fair enough. So, hey, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, feel free to hit us up on the Twitter machine. I'm at SuperstarML. I'm at the Quantum Geek, G33K. The show is at What Did You Watch? The Facebook is at What Did You Watch? And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. It's podcast. Talk to you all later.